attention builds and all attentions turn as Snickers presents WCW Super Brawl 2000. The hatred between Nature Boy Ric Flair and Terry Funk has been brewing for you over a decade. You make a decent-sized pimple on Terry Funk's ass. Funk gave David Flair an unmerciful beating. That's one beating that David Flair didn't have to take, Rick. It will be nothing less than an all-out war at Super Bowl. As Terry Funk and the Nature Boy Ric Flair brawl in a death match. Nobody has a track record like us. And that includes you, Hulk Hogan. And when I heard Lex Luger drop my name. You are a sham. You're a joke. You're a coward. I've had it. Now, the total package will get his shot at immortality as the Immortal One answers the call and steps into the ring at Super Brawl. Sid Vicious has been a man on a mission. He's going to cover Kevin Nash. One, two, Can't let you kids alone for five minutes. You are no longer in any capacity the commissioner. With the NWO in turmoil, the main event at Super Brawl becomes a colossal event. Sid Vicious, Jeff Jarrett, and Scott Hall in a three-way dance for the WCW World Heavyweight Title. You are on your own, Flatbass. You don't know who you're talking to. Snickers presents WCW Super Brawl 2000. Blood Rising podcast. We're here for Super Brawl. It is Super Brawl 2000. We are here. We are in a post Benoit. We exist in a post Saturn, a post Malenko. Hell, right now it's a post Russo world, only for a little bit. But nevertheless, we're trucking into the Cow Palace in San Francisco, California, for which is technically the tenth installment, if I'm not mistaken, of Super Brawl, which. For all intents and purposes, one of the bigger pay-per-views. When I was a kid, I thought this was the big pay-per-view because it was the one with a number on it. Right, right, and it is. Super. <laughs> not, not, not super. It's super brawl. <laughs> Except the funny thing is, in this entire year of wrestling, everything's going to have 2,000. Right. Pretty yeah. much. Jesus. <laughs> Brothers 2,000. <laughs> I am William Rankin. I'm joined, of course, as always, by an illustrious crew. Charlie Stabile, Jason Kiesler. Initial thoughts, guys. What do you think heading into this interesting... Honestly, when I say not often seen, uh, if you look at the buy rate, it really wasn't seen by a whole lot of people at all. What do you think of this one? I had a, a great time watching it. This is indeed uh, something that, that other people's memories have not quite done it justice, to put it nicely. I think I, my, my first initial thought was thinking back when we ended the last show and you're like, I've seen the main event of this and it doesn't look good. I'll admit when I saw that this was a triple threat main event in WCW, that can't be good. What else do you think about it? Um, that was the only match I knew of because I don't look in the almanac, right. uh, you know, because I want to be surprised. I was, sure. I was really 
like happy to see that Ric Flair was going to fight Terry Funk. In a death match. Yeah, in a Texas death match, which I hate death matches because no one ever dies. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it, a, it the stipulation you never live up to. Yeah, it never lives up to it. And and I'll, I'll talk about my problems with the stipulations that they applied to that match because it doesn't make kayfabe sense at all. But, I mean, this was exciting. I saw that the demon was going to be on here, and I was like, oh, oh I same. remember that shit. In a, a special main event. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. They, they special gets a, people. They, they gets a boring chant. Oh. Yeah. So, um, I, right off the bat, uh, Tony Schiavone goes, his very opening line was, well, how do you get better than this? And then they cut to him, Tanae, and fucking Mark Madden. I cannot wait. To, or before we get too deep, I want to say, like, this show is going to debut before May 10th, obviously. Hell, I may even have this thing in the can by the end of this. But I'll be already editing this thing by the time we're done. Because I just want to get it out there as quick as I can. But, um... One thing I want to make mention, even though it isn't going to be May 10th when this comes out, it'll be well ahead of it. This show is proudly now going to be a part of the OSW Podcast Network, which is really, really cool, which is hosted through Piledriver uh, Wrestling, piledriverwrestling.net. So that is where you're also going to be able to find the new Blood Rising podcast is through piledriverwrestling.net. We're very, very thankful to be a part of this because... For all intents and purposes, it's a pretty new podcast, and beyond a, a platform like that is something we're very grateful for, especially to be even in the same breath, a fart in the same breath, as OSW, the Attitude Era podcast. These are guys that are the reason we got into this in the first place. So That's very true. Um, that, yeah, when you told me, I mean, I, I just yeah. flew my balls off. I was like, really? I love those guys. He sent me the pictures. It's true. <laughs> We're going to have Thank a celebratory you. feast. Uh, Critical Bill's going to carve the tofurkey, and we're all going to eat it up. And that's actually pretty good. I've had that. So so we wanted to... <laughs> Hashtag got. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. People love it. Did you hear Derek died on Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> oh, my God. God, God damn. damn it. Swagger. It's still on, Swagger. Uh, I, I thought they canceled it. I would have rather blown my brains out than be on that show any longer. <laughs> Couldn't stand it. That's right. Lonesome Dub, Bret Hart. I was getting <laughs> stifled by, by that bitch who now runs that stupid, what's that show, Scandal? She doesn't, Scandal. Even, she doesn't even care about Grey's Anatomy anymore. She moved on from that years ago. Oh, my God. This is where Super Brawl has been held before. In fact, let's... Let's do a little comparison here. Two years ago from this event was Super Bowl 8 in 1998, which featured the big rematch, Sting versus Hogan, for the vacant WCW world title. After, of course, the monumental match that was at Starcade, typical WCW fashion, finish was ruined. But nevertheless, this was going to be a big payoff. So in that, in that year, 12,620 was the attendance. The buy rate was 1.12. Decent. Not amazing, but still. 12,620. You know, not too shabby for what's considered probably at that time, you know, like uh, after Starcade, maybe not a highly rated pay-per-view on their end, what they're putting a lot of effort into. But where are we at here, folks? In the year 2000, Super Brawl 2000. <laughs> this is incredible. We went from 12,620 to 8,569. God damn. And you compare 60%. that to the pre wasn't wasn't the previous pay-per-view like 14,000? 
Something like that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sold out. Because sold out had like fourteen thousand. Cincinnati people. too. Let's look it up. Oh yeah. man, not so fast, my friend. Buy rate. We will go from one point one two to point one five, and I want you to remember that because roughly one uh, a buy rate of one is the equivalent <coughs> of I believe four hundred thousand views. Roughly is four hundred thousand buys right. of it. I want to keep that in mind because we know dickhead botch buffer will be coming back soon later at the end of this show and it, it really kind of makes his line you know maybe not so true anymore anyway we know i and i if you guys you guys notice me and they tried to cover saying like oh there's a heavy rain outside yeah, the fans are battling the rain the security rain. was in ponchos <laughs> literally fighting the rain i guess one thing i want to make a quick when we ended with sold out huge moment right chris benoit the heavyweight champion of the world Less than 24 hours later, he's on his way to Monday Night Raw, along with some buddies, some very significant buddies. That meant, at one point in time, before the next night, night the next night's Nitro had ended, the world title was vacant. The United States title, which really wasn't talked about on Sold Out, was actually technically vacant. Mm-hmm. They had technically taken it off of Jeff Jarrett because of the injury. But nevertheless, he got it back by the end of the night. But before that show ended... Also vacant. The cruiserweight title was around the waist of Oklahoma. Rather large waist, but nevertheless, Oklahoma had the cruiserweight title. The tag titles were held by David Flair and Crowbar. The hardcore title was behind was was un, uh, was held by Brian Knobs. You heard that right. And where's the TV title? Still in the trash. Also held by Brian Knobs. <laughs> so at this point. Between Oklahoma, David Flair, and Crowbar, and Knobs, you have only two uh, two guys that are actual wrestlers yeah. that have a title in WCW. That was scary, but never uh, interesting builds throughout this uh, these storylines getting to these matches here. They not a not a god awful job getting here, but let's speaking of that cruiserweight title, that's where we're headed first. Why? Because we had a little tournament. Little tournament that was happening because that tournament looked good. That tournament did it's look a cruiserweight good. Cruiserweight tournament. I, yeah, they yeah, generally yeah. are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oklahoma obviously, and probably it kind of fits with what had happened with Vince Russo. Ed Ferrara was not going to be in an active role for very much longer. We didn't point it out. He actually took the the offer to go on the booking side with the booking committee, as opposed to Russo leaving. Everyone needs money. Everybody needs money. He moved his family there, apparently, so it made sense. But nevertheless, they took him off of the <laughs> they took him off of the active part, at least being the the cruiserweight champion. So it's vacated. They do this tournament. It comes down to a uh, <laughs> a final a finals match. It's going to debut this pay per view. It is Lash Larue and the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea making his proud debut on the podcast. Glad to see Thank this guy God. with his spectacular entrance. It is a good entrance. I'll We're, give it that. All right, so that's the thing I want to talk about. There, there are two things fascinating in the entrance. First of all, it is the most pretentious entrance I've ever seen. But goddamn, it looks good. Mm-hmm. It really does. Like I don't like the music though. You don't uh, like generic Prince? Sound, no, it sounds like a porn. It sounds like porn music. I'm sorry. I think I heard that in Femalian 2. Oh. Yeah. I just, well, it, who knows if that was the original now, music? The funny thing about yeah, let's talk about this character. Yeah. Okay. So. Prince Ikea kind of, he's actually, like, what's funny is he has been, like, in this timeline, he's been active in this character since we started the podcast back in Halloween Havoc. Mm-hmm. I don't he's, even remember this iteration of him. Yeah. It goes to show you, though, how many people were on the roster and how many people were actually being used mm-hmm. in WCW. Prince Prince Ikea was, like, a mainstay of Saturday Night Main Event and Worldwide. This guy's, a, I mean, he's a former Cruiserweight champ. 
And he's a former... Uh, he's a well, actually, actually, at this point, he's only... A, um, not to bury the lead here, he's actually just a former TV champ at this point. Now, can we just call this what it is? Yeah. Is this a gold dust character? Like, is this a rip-off of gold dust? No. No, because we've got the artist formerly known as gold dust. Mm-hmm. It, he's, he does a lot of um, suggestive uh, touching, let's say, of, of the male wrestlers, and he has a female... That comes to the ring with him that we don't know their relationship exactly. How yeah. is this not Goldust? It's, it's no, Prince. It, I mean, like it's which I, we could yeah, say I Goldust. That, which I mean, we could say Goldust in its incarnation was a takeoff too. on Prince mm-hmm. as well. So I don't think I don't think that's a stretch. I mean, let's face it. There are so many things that we can say. This is borrowed from this over in WWE. Sure. Remember when I said Lash Larue was there? Chris Jericho. Well, which hey, <laughs> man. Fuck it. What was that? The, the He is the Y2 Cajun? The what? Ayatollah of Shrimp and Roll? No, I thought it was Shrimp Criolla. Shrimp Criolla? <laughs> I, I, I As soon as I heard I it, I turned it. off. Oh, I was like, well, there it is. Right there. Just we, call it what it is. We're, we're going to address at some point. It's, it's going to be in a, in a special episode that's going to follow this one that, you're, um, that you'll be able to download at some point. will be, why isn't Bobby Heenan here? There's a good reason for it. I don't know that. I'd love to know that. Mark Madden, though, like, mm. early on, like... God, he sucks. He announces his presence, like, pretty clear. Like, I, the thing that's funny is that we talk about Prince Ikea or the artist, as I think they pretty much just abbreviate, just they call him the artist. Yeah, at this point, it's but, too long. Which makes sense. The thing about Lash Leroux's entrance that's interesting is, my God, do they give him a build. Yeah. They are building... The, they talk about two years ago, he saw... He saw a, an, ad in the, an ad in the paper. Yep. Yeah. And then he decided to go with the power plant, and he could make it, and things of that nature. And so... I really felt like, okay, he's got to go over in this. It makes sense just because he's been hanging around in some type of, quote-unquote, legitimate capacity. Like, they've been yeah. trying to keep him as a relevant character. Mm-hmm. It but is a character. I'll give it that. Right, so it is a character. What do you guys think of this match? It's sloppy. It's, it's, it's not um, what I expect from a finals in a cruiserweight tournament. Especially in WCW. Mm-hmm. Who right. Had, Whatever, like, that's the thing. That video package that they showed looked very exciting. This match did not look like anything that we saw in that video package. A lot of debuts in the video package as yes. well. I'd say like it gets about the first half of this match, and I say first, it's like what a seven, eight minute match. It's not very long. No, the first half of it is not that bad. It's all right uh, for the most part. Like it's it's fairly fluid, but when they hit the halfway point, it's just multiple things, and the crowd even starts to pick up on it. All mm-hmm. as we said, eight thousand or however many are there because of the rain that are in at that point in time since the opening match. They are picking up on it early. Like, it just doesn't seem right. You guys remember Prince, Prince Ikea could fucking go. Like, a uh, year yeah. before this. Remember mm-hmm. his feud with Jericho is we're talking about. very high. Prince Yakanami. Oh, or my God. Yakanami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that awesome Northern Light suplex mm-hmm. that he bridged into a pen. Like, it mm-hmm. looked really, really good. I mean, granted, it's yeah. probably the most devastating finisher, but it looked really no, cool. You, on a cruiserweight, oh, that's... One way yeah. to get over with me is if you can do a good Northern Light suplex. Like, I, I, That's no, the make I'm or serious. break. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it this it, is why Ronnie Garvin just didn't make no. my top list. <laughs> Ronnie Garvin is just shoddy northern super. Why you can do that move without right. DDTing yourself? Yeah, you know, when you're putting yourself on the bridge. I love it. Especially like when you notice when guys would bridge, like they'd stand on like like their toes. They'd be up yeah. on their toes, be so really arch. Be yeah, brilliant. Benoit was really good. At oh, it's so weird. Super. It's like they decided like he needed a new finish in this role. I and, like this finish. All right. Uh, well, yeah, really? I do. You do? I do. 
I do. Because I thought of you when I saw it because... It's very dangerous. <laughs> uh, it, this is the Fuckbuster 2000 oh, oh, right here. Fuckbuster 2000? <laughs> oh, I mean, the guy's what? 210 maybe? Yeah. Yeah, 215. I mean, all his weight's coming down on you and he's just hooking your neck. Right. Uh, it, yeah, I wouldn't take it. So, <laughs> when we get... I, I don't think this Lash finish, really took it either. As, <laughs> as we build towards this this final spot... Symphony, or I'm sorry, not. Oh, we'll get her. We'll get her. Paisley is up on the apron way too early. I don't know if she's she up missed, there a lot. Well, well she never gets comment on it. Yeah, and, and, and like, there was a great call. I don't remember who said it, but they were like, "I've never seen a manager or somebody in their in that position stand on a ring apron that long." Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, it was distracting." At so, first, I thought it was part of the gimmick, like yeah, because like, it's been so long since see that she's up there, full on distraction, almost like like these two are. are Kind of combined in a unit in a weird way. I like how Lash got a little fresh with her before the yeah. in the dark. Slap her in the end. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, he went <laughs> under. He went under cheek. Oh yeah, and then she kicked him after the match started. And just eh, well, oh, fuck it. <laughs> so then, like, so with her being on, or at least being on the apron or in that corner, when he goes up there to do that, her and Kenrana, which I thought at first was a botch. Like, I got honestly because the way he's done it in, the, in previous shows, mm-hmm. we've seen it. Like. He doesn't get all of the head with his legs right. when he does that. That her and can run it, but nevertheless, hurricane runner, hurricane, hurricane, perfect. It's a hurricane runner. He goes for it, but <laughs> since Symphony is holding, there you go, Paisley. I keep doing that. You do. One's black. <laughs> I mean, they're both so equally useful. Oh, they're interchangeable, dude. Well, one's named after a color. One's named after. I think it's because, like, in 2015, like, Paisley is a music thing, because that's Brad Paisley, the country singer. Is oh, I can see where you could get that mixed up. Okay, it's, it's way fucking to cover. Dumb. Way to cover. It's, that's a Lux Lager. Hashtag Lux Lager. man. <laughs> nice pose that no one can see. Remember his, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, his, his pose was the reverse. He went, <laughs> oh, God. He was so impressed with himself. But as a... Uh, as Paisley holds, uh, she holds on to Prince Ikea, so Lash misses the Hermit. The commentators kind of was, yeah, well, well, let it go. Like, that was so weird. So he does this DDT, so it's, it reminds me of how John Cena now does this Famouser from the top rope. Hey, which, I, no, I don't it's, like that. It's, Neither did The Rock. <laughs> or his insides. <laughs> which, you know, like, ripped out all of his intestines. But he jumps, he jumps into Lash LaRue and just... Turns it into a DDT, which just looks so fucking dangerous. And Absolutely. we'll see in a video package later when he's doing it to like Kidman or Vampiro. He doesn't even. I I don't even know. But nevertheless, Prince I and I love the little thing he does with his finger, like he just. Goes, oh yeah, see, he goes down, down the happy like, trail. Yep. He goes well, right well, he goes down. Happy How you doing? Yeah, apparently, I, I, I could see the last LaRue was an idiot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, sir? <laughs> and that's just. Uh, yeah. This kind of takes it. Oh, I'd rather blow my brains out now. That son of a bitch run his As finger. would I. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're damn right, Brett. <laughs> that son of a bitch tried to lay a hand on me. <laughs> so yeah, it's at least though Prince Ik has got the belt. Not a great match, but at least it's around the waist of a real cruiserweight. Mm-hmm. No offense, to Medusa, but the cruiserweight title wasn't really de- like. If you're gonna have a woman with a belt, it's a women's title. Have a women's title right. division. But she threw well, that in the trash. Right, so well, guess he killed that. Goes that. Hashtag God. (laughs) But then, but then, like, but at least that's better than fucking Oklahoma. Yeah, non wrestling. I'll I'll, I'll take it. Well, don't worry because apparently there's another very heavy set cruiserweight champion on the way. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) you'll see. Right, that's a that's a great announce botch. 
This is when I first noticed it in this match. Two awesome signs. Where's Benoit? Loved it. Like the snarky fans in in two thousand. Really snarky. Uh, the other sign that was next to that one was um, I thought this was WWF, <laughs> which was like I love the idea of a fan buying a ticket to a wrestling hey! show and showing up, and there's the artist for I, I love this. Fan. I want my release. I want my release. Awesome. Uh, and that showed up the whole night. Awesome. Did you see this weird guy in the front row with this sign that said? WWF sucks. Yes. Yeah, and, and did you get a good look at that mug? <laughs> no, I did not, oh, sir. Oh, you didn't, oh, you didn't no. see this guy? I saw the sign. Oh, he just kind of looked like a teenage Bray Wyatt, like about 50 pounds heavier. He flips the sign around, he's got another sign, then he's got a sign that's made out of cardboard. <laughs> just, he just kept breaking this shit What if out. this was Bray Wyatt? Like the... <laughs> Oh, Undertaker! I was at the Cow Palace, Undertaker! <laughs> Who's your favorite wrestler? <laughs> VK Wall Street! <laughs> I was there when Big Al was almost murdered, Undertaker! <laughs> Jesus. Alright, alright. So, so backstage! In the back, we've got Norman. My he's boy. Getting, he's, getting ba he's getting bandaged up. Why? Wincing and grimacing Norman smiley as opposed it, to screaming. It has smiley. been a rough month for Norman. Mm. He is battling everybody from Bam Bam Bigelow to Brian Nobbs to three count. To the wall. <laughs> well, the wall, because the wall is the one who put him in this position, right. of course. Mean Gene, we, we cut away oh. from him. We get Mean Gene with Brian Nobbs. Loud, angry, incoherent is what I have written here. There's a lot of times. these guys that are in this show that I'm just like, what if they were in WWF at this time? And Brian Nobbs is one of those guys I think about. I don't, nothing for Brian Nobbs for me. I'm right. sorry, it matters after Nasty Boys WWF. And oh, to see him in 2000. Like with a title, it just seems so out of place. And a cast, which will and be a cast. recurring theme throughout this show, is oh. that we have a lot of guys that are in cast courtesy of Lex Lager. <laughs> oh, so, the chair. Well, thing. Well, so if total that, package is a thing if, going. If Lex Lager is the anti Lex Luger, was he breaking people's left ankles? <laughs> well, <laughs> ah, there's a private room. It's in the back, but we don't know who it is that's behind that door. Another motif of this show is that's the right. private room. This mystery this, room. And there's this so many so... surprise people on the show that apparently didn't get private rooms. <laughs> right. They are way better than the person that it turns out is behind that door. <laughs> I know. Yeah, uh, I like, why I like, does he get the room? Well, a room without windows. Next up, as we were talking about the hardcore division, it is now time for Bam Bam Bigelow. Very excited to see Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam makes his debut on the podcast mm -hmm. here. We get to see Bam Bam against Brian Nobbs for the hardcore title. Nobbs, we saw, you know, he picked it up just before, sold out off of Norman Smiley. He's held it. God love him. Somebody held a title for longer than a couple weeks. They made it. Without made it. getting it vacated due to injury or quitting. Boy, Brian Nobbs' music is shit. <sighs> what is that? I don't even know. <laughs> I, even, even like, there, there are some network, WWE Network edits that are better than this. I, yeah, that's I, what I wondered, yeah, too. It's but so what bad. would it have been? What would, what would you spend money on Brian Nobbs' intro music? If they're going to redo the oh, music, you know what why I don't I just use the Nasty Boys WWF music? I wrote this down. It's like my Sharona. It that's it. It, that's <laughs> it definitely <laughs> does not fit a yeah. hardcore wrestler. Oh, at all. That's it. So, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> we get this one early. So, like, we, of course, just like all other WCW hardcore disasters, like, uh, this thing gets started early on on the outside. With I mean, There's very little in the ring that we see in the beginning of this. Fit Finley comes out, and the weird thing is, 
Finley and Nobbs have this just strange relationship where it's like... Are they together? Are they... Yeah, like, he obviously one was the mentor, one was the student. We thought we'd kind of played out that whole, you know, that whole storyline. they're line. both the same age. Same, exactly. <laughs> you know, and... Finley's, only one is Irish. Finley's helped him get the title, but then Nobbs has screwed him over in matches. It's just I really bizarre. It. No. We know at one point, like I think we got in that incoherent kind of interview where Nobbs wants to be able to do it on his own yep. without without Finley, which it's weird because it's like, again, that's a face thing to do. I'm going to do it on my own, but he is so non-face in this. Yeah. Bam Bam's your face. Sorry. Cruiserweight champion. Oh, bam, yeah. bam, video, a big low, by the way. Trash can the musical continues in this one more. Sure. That's, that, that's, and the fans pop for it. And I'm like, well, it's not that good, it, people. It, well, back in this time, this was this was the thing. Like the WWF. It, well, it was just like objects, you oh. know, galore. Just hit somebody with uh-huh. it. And a bowling. We in WWF, a bowling ball to the crotch is oh, right around huge. the corner. Yeah, and that's, that's that, true. <laughs> so. There's not much to say about. I mean, we you get a clear ECW chant when they get Hear to the that. concession stand area. How about like I, I, this is like a '90s thing when the internet was fairly new. When they when they when they go over to the WCW.com desk, Tony Schiavone says, "Oh, they're over at WCW.com," like it's a legit physical headquarters. <laughs> it's brick and mortar. Like, it's in the cloud, you idiot. Well, this reminds me. Remember, like when Paul Ellering was in WWF for a minute when WrestleMania he came back. 8? Well, no, no, the, in the Attitude Era. No, I don't okay. remember that. Because he he turned on the LOD to join the DOA. Oh, oh, I must have blocked that out. <laughs> and, <laughs> but like, Paul Ellering like must have like got like a magazine subscription. I was talking about technology on the horizon, mm-hmm. and like he he used every everything he said in a promo had to do with the internet. So like he was talking about how he's like it, it came across like, have you heard about this internet? It is amazing. Dial up, dial up modems and shit. <laughs> like every promo had to do with something about the internet. That's what was so funny. So you're right. This was a time period where it was like, have you heard about this internet, this internet thing? Oh, it's free. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, this is also when we thought in movies that the internet looked like a screensaver. If you go back and <laughs> you're look, you're talking at about the, like the '90s uh, internet paranoia films. Yeah, like, like hacker, hacker. Yeah, it's a whole subgenre of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, those. Oh god, those are bad. And wrestling being wrestling, <laughs> always a few years behind. Always a few years behind. <laughs> finally, after about five minutes, so we finally get this thing back into the ring. Knob sets up a table in the corner. He eats the table in the corner mm. very quickly. Yes, he does. <laughs> that thing shatters. Bam, bam! Quickly gives him the greetings from Asbury Park. I love that movie. And, and here's just what's goofy. Doesn't go for the pin. Why? I, I Yeah. I, I, I thought it was like, going to do that. That's what I thought. But then he takes a chair to the top rope, yeah. which I'm like, is he going to do a, a headbutt to the chair? And the, it's making it hurt more. Whatever. But that's when that's when Finley comes back, creates a distraction. We get we get Nobbs to not only crotch Bam Bam, but then hits him with his finisher, which is just... Nobbs uh, going over Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> I know. And Bam Bam Bigelow. A, like a real hardcore wrestler, ECW. That was his motherfucker best run. went to prison. Yeah, like that. I mean, Bam he, Bam. He's a bad motherfucker. He's, a, he's like a slightly more together version of New Jack. But <laughs> he lost to LT. I mean, come on, you can't oh. expect me to believe. Oh yeah, that a man who lost to Lawrence Taylor is going to beat Brian Knobs. That devastating elbow of Lawrence Taylor's. It was full of crack. And you know something? I, I completely negated. Knobs isn't. I, uh, Bam Bam's actually the champ going into this. My That's bad. right. I, I'm, yeah. I'm mistaken. Because uh, um, Finley had actually caught, like, in this weird relationship. Let me backtrack. Knobs had been cost 
the hardcore title because of Finley. Bam Bam had it for all the weeks. So everything I said about how great it was for Nobs to carry a title longer than a couple weeks is all bullshit. Well, uh, he carried it three weeks, which, I mean, technically, if you go back and look, I don't think we've had anyone keep the same title through podcast yet. So Jesus, poor Sid is, struggles to keep even his own world title. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get to that. Nevertheless, Brian Nobs goes over. Now a two-time... Two-time, two-time hardcore champion. I hate saying that because, like you said, him going over Bam Bam sucks. Especially with, what's your finisher? Cast of the head. Look out. Morton rides again. So, in the back. In the back, it's Ric Flair and the total package. These guys have a little thing going. They are a unit. because Former Horseman member. Very true. Really, it's just... With Flair coming back, clearly from the being buried, literally in Las Vegas, right? That you, happened. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We we thought Flair was going to come back as a face, but and the crowd was wanting him to be face. They were treating him as a face. The only way to try and get him, I don't know. I don't. I've never understood this fascination with Ric Flair. Like he's like Stone Cold. You know, when he tried to go heel, it's like I have no problem booing. Rick I love Ric Flair. because he fits as a heel. But he's a he's he's arguably the best heel ever of all time. I agree. He's so easy to that. boo. So Flair, obviously, like it makes sense that you pair him with Luger since he's like the best heel. Arguably yes, right he now. Is. So to get that heel yes, he to get that heel rub makes sense. That's but true. Flair is hyping Luger. He's saying he's better than Hulk Hogan. They're gonna have a match tonight. <laughs> wow. SummerSlam ninety three. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll see how the dire straits we were left in after Hogan left. I just I just picture that that bit from Major League. He's like, stay away from her. Stay away from her. Suck, Suck my, my dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. Suck my dick. Now, is this not though the same? Other than talking about Hogan, it's the same promo that Ric Flair cuts with Batista when they're part of the Evolution when they're the tag champs. Yeah, like every week forever. Yeah, it's very right. similar. I mean, Ric Flair has he, he's doing that. The, the Ric Flair has several promo styles. Mm-hmm. The one that he's doing right now, I hate. Where he's just blah, 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 woo, Where he's kissing, shut you're the, the big fuck man. up. You're the big man. <laughs> yeah, I ass. get it. Ass. Jesus Christ. We're, oh, we, we're going to get in the, I love in the, it's either in the video package or it's the actual interview on the card for his match with Terry Funk. We get a few more of those yeah. renditions. Oh my God, he's got like three interviews before his fucking match. All right. All right, so we get away now. We cut to Scott Hall's dressing room. We have security babbling to each other about no one getting in. Not even the president. You hear that, Clinton? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> talk, I want to talk about this, this security backstage. Oh, my God. It's like WWE has kind of mastered how to handle these kind of segments. WCW, it's like the first second, second and a half where we see the, the, the security guys. It's on pause for some reason because you can probably hear, see a guy behind the camera just, all right, all right, now. We're rolling. Like, they should already be doing actions mm-hmm. before the thing even starts, but they're just standing there. There's and, a, hey. This this will happen later when there's more with the private room. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a clear oh, no, the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, you got the key? Yeah. 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 It's the most compelling it character of the night is the door. Nuts. These people are on national television. They have jobs that we would love to have, and they suck at it. <laughs> they suck balls. Because this isn't their... Clearly, they're security. 20 minutes away. <laughs> I can do better than these jackass. Sorry. All right. That's, that's wow. Uh, Three <clears throat> counts music is playing. Oh, this is time for a, hand, a handicap match. How will Norman Smiley be able to fare in this? Great sign. What? Who's next? Dot 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 to leave. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I love that sign. Oh, it's great. what I like about this is three count obviously is is a running joke about you know it's it's. It's WCW parroting the boy band thing of, mm-hmm. of the era and things of that nature. Clearly, everybody hates Three Count. They hate when they sing. They hate when they do anything. I love that Evan gets on there and says, "We're not gonna, we're not going to sing dance. We're, we're not gonna sing." Yep. And which the crowd loves. It's great. It's easy heat. Now, I want to clarify this because they're young, so I can't quite tell. It's Shannon Moore, right. Evan Courageous, and is that Shane Helms? It is. That's okay. right. You see the Green uh, Lantern on there? Yeah. 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 There it is. That was, that was always there. So they're getting, they get really good heat for this. Yeah. Oh, and oh, I, oh it's and, easy. And, and what's great is they look really serious, which yeah. is yeah. great because this is a jokey tag team. So this is something Steve Austin always talks about. Like, you want to see guys that, you know, show some intensity, like Kofi mm-hmm. and these guys like that. Get some intensity. It shows something. Jerry Rice Smiley comes out. Oh, that's, that's, why so got, easy. That's, that's why he got the ovation. I love it. it took me a second. He and was, was the like, master of pandering. Oh, he, it's awesome. San, this was Mizdow Prime right yes. here. This is exactly what this was. This was clearly like... Th- and unfortunately, by this point, it had gotten really stale. Like, we've seen Norman almost in this role since the Norman's beginning. Norman's gotten stale? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. in a way. Because he's not hardcore screaming Norman Smiley this time. This right. Is more, I don't think he's screaming at all. No, no. no. This, this no, is a I didn't dip- even think of it. This is valiant warrior Norman Smiley. Between three count and Norman, everybody's taking this match really seriously, mm-hmm. really seriously for a match that is, you know, something you would probably typically see on Thunder, or even worldwide Saturday night, something like that. Uh, what do you guys think of this? Let's just—I have a note here. I want to clarify this because I don't remember exactly what I'm talking about here, but I wrote Helms almost decapitates himself. Does he come close to doing something with his head? Well, he—he he does like a he. I know at one point he try like he jumps off the top rope yeah. and go like he turns like three quarters of the way down he flips into like a senton yeah. that's a it swanton yeah. he he did it at the absolute last second yeah he misses but luckily he didn't also yeah. hit his head Which, yeah that happens again later yeah. <laughs> but yeah that right that off was. the bat that part where they throw Shannon Moore too far and he clears everybody. Oh, the, the back body drop over yeah. the top rope? Oh, yeah. And you can see them get into position, which is the best part. If they had stayed where they were, they would have had a better shot at yeah. catching him. But he lands, I mean, lands on, lands his, on feet, his feet perfectly. Going. What I liked is, like, this match was good because, like you were talking about, we've seen Norman in this role, but Norman's not being like the coward. Norman's actually being like... Why would he be? Like, like, yeah. but, but I get it. Like, it's three yeah. people. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether they're young, he's almost Austin. With the, I can beat him. And, and there's that time where he's running the show... Yeah. For a little bit, and it looks great. And then these three young dudes just, they they show out. They show, this is what we can do. We're not just a joke. It reminds me of Escape from New York. It's when Pliskin's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is New York, not L.A., where he does the basketball like, thing, right? Like, yeah, when, when, Sna- <laughs> when Snake gets to the train, and, like, the, the dudes start to kind of, he's fighting them off yeah. in the beginning. And, and then, then he gets overwhelmed. Shows up. Right. <laughs> and then Snake gets overwhelmed. Norman starts off just, he is one step ahead of these guys. Yeah. And it looks great. And then at some point, logically, the numbers have to favor... Norman does the Cesaro swing. Yeah. He does. The and big it's swing. It's still a pop. And it's, it's a huge pop. And Norman, he sold it himself the way that I always wanted like Cesaro to do it at some point. Where he spanned him so much that mistaken. he just lost his If balance. you did it in Revenge, I think you kind of sold it too. Like you were down for Who not could long. you do that move as I think a- was AKI? Man. No wonder why I didn't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> Unless of, the only reason I'd be AKI is if you do a battle royal with the entire lineup and you would get eliminated. You're like, oh, uh, who am I gonna be next? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit! And you just eliminate yourself. You just stand outside and wait for something to happen. I'd stand on the apron. Yeah, just, just, just clothesline me. me. Just, just spear me into the gate. I'll be fine. 
<laughs> yeah, come out as Dr. Frank. <laughs> ah, shit! <laughs> you poor but, bastards. Um, I, love, I love where this goes. Norman holds his own. He gets overwhelmed. But then what I love is a three count finally starts zeroing in on the ribs. They do the right. smart thing and work the bad body part, which is great. And then everybody decides to break out their finish because, let's face it, I'm sure at this point, three count wasn't getting used a finish yeah. a lot. Shannon Morris finishes the walls of Jericho. It is! Mm-hmm. And it... It looks fucking awesome to see the yeah. real lion tamer. That's the real. That's the, the real. real deal. You ain't getting tamer. out of that. No, and I love that that they've already beat the shit out of his ribs. Yeah, Gary is stretched, and it's. It, I mean, it's like I'm done. I've got to give up. Mm-hmm. And I love the valiant Norman Smiley walking out that's, of his own power. So that's what's so cool. And this, this is a rare moment where at the end you have two WCW guys looking really strong. Mm-hmm. Norman looks like a badass because he took on a three on one and nearly won. Three count looks awesome because. They just flat out like they they unleashed all their finishers. They didn't goof around uh-huh. at all in this match, really. This is actually pretty good for it's, what it's worth. It's you pretty kind of changed my mind a little because I, I <laughs> well like, just based on not I, I I didn't think the match was anything special. I thought it actually was not good at all. Right. But the way you're describing the outcome and what it does for these guys, <laughs> like that's that's a lot better. Well, I'm scared now. Whatever it leads to, I know whatever. that's what I'm scared yeah, of. I, I can already <laughs> tell what you're what you're laughing about, <laughs> but. For, for the for this current time period, I, I would be interested to see where they would go from here. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Match is still terrible, but yeah. In the back, once again, what's in the private dressing room? Not bad, Leo. Very discreet. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty mysterious. Mayhem, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, oh. <laughs> Mayhem, Jeff Jarrett. He's concerned about the room too. He's been screwed too many times by WCW. I'm he's, glad he's back. <laughs> can we talk? Like, we just say that real quick. Then he's the commish. <laughs> yeah. Thank God we've got mayhem, Jeff. Because he is mayhem cause, tonight. Because here's what's weird. Like, we're gonna see the fact that the NWO, as much as they say the band is back together, the band is done. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty much, there is no NWO at this point. Even though they they still kind of maintain the illusion that there's something there. That's what I'm confused about. Is Scott Hall's in the NWO? Jarrett's in the NWO. Nash is in the NWO. And then the Harris brothers aren't, but they're. Jarrett's lackeys, but Jarrett's beating up all of his NWO friends. So wait, so they're creative control again, but they're just not going by Patrick and Gerald. Right. That's pretty much what that's that's what they did. And Ron and Heavy D. And for the sake of for the sake of NWO, makes sense because they're like the Vincents in a way. Like you may not be able to get uh, may not be able to get one over on the main event guys, but you can beat up on these guys, you Mm -hmm. know, or whatever. But. it's just really, we're going to get to this a little later, which is just fascinating. The fact that between sold out and here, like, there's been a complete fissure between uh, Nash and Jarrett. Steiner, well, unfortunately, we're not going to get his debut on this podcast because... He's you know, in a video package. He, he cut a very scathing promo that got him suspended with pay. The Ric Flair promo? Yes, it was. The one, yep. Ex, uh, he's Boy, a, you didn't even see Nitro when you heard about that. He's a butt-sucking bastard That's or something. It, yeah, something yeah. weird, but nevertheless. All right, so the Harris brothers are now on the case. They're going to go assess the private dressing room. I cannot wait till we get to that moment. It's so funny <laughs> in this. Next up is the Kiss Demon. Here he comes. The special main event. That's main right. Event. All right, so this in, in the beginning of the show when they fourth run down the in. card. Fourth match in. They mention this in the rundown of the card. A special main event. Do they call it attraction? I'm just what I'm trying to remember. All I've written is special main it event. It said special main event because I was still too busy laughing at the 56K modem 
video gift dual side by side like glitching video packages they would run they still love doing that mm-hmm. they were doing that oh, jesus all right so the special main event so amazing entrance like i it's think cool. we're gonna get more into the kiss demon i think as it um, would have been come, better with the right music he but. comes out of like an iron maiden doesn't he yeah yeah, yeah. wrong one, band one but, on, on in, the, in the build to this, what was really funny is at one point Norman like sees it backstage and it opens up and he walks in and later on the show he comes out and he's the demon, dressed up like yes. makeup. Yes, Norman's the hey, demon. That'd have been a good character. Did, oh, yeah. did you ever see the the demon's debut on Nitro? Was this the, when Kiss performed? Kiss performed a lip sync version of God of Thunder. Because I, I want to talk about that later. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, the, the right. Kiss performance. But it was this music though on the network. Oh, what is sound like? I text someone that it's. It's somewhat. It sounds like Metallica. Yeah, it's very. It's too. It's not Kiss. It's very driving. Yeah, yeah. So the Kiss Demon is resurfaced in WCW. Obviously, hasn't been around for a while, but there are some reasons for that. There's a big reason why, of course, this is a special main event and all this stuff. But we get him coming out. He is taking on the Wall. Yeah, that's right, the Wall man, who is really getting pushed. Yeah, hard. (laughs) Like. He's involved in every storyline. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, oh, well, he had to get through the wall to do this and blah, blah, I'm like, boy, this wall fella, you know, <laughs> dresses up like IRS for some reason. Yeah. Well, he yeah. looks like, he looks like a Harris brother with hair. Right. Like, they, when the creative control was running around, here's Berlin's bodyguard, looks like creative control with hair. Now he just... Here's what's, here's what's awesome, though. Like, Demon does his whole entrance, which is amazing. It's a great entrance. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing entrance. He gets in the ring, poses, Wall's music hits, but he doesn't come out. So Demon, you know... Where the hell go, did he come from? So Demon goes up the ramp. And like how the Wall has to ambush the Demon. Is he that tough that we need to get, like, get clever in the way we well, attack the Demon? He does have a truly heroic stance. After he marches Jesus. down to the ring... And he got that Superman hands on his hips. <laughs> I guess I scared the bad guy. Oh, shit! <laughs> Dale no Tordberg. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. White Sox pitching coach. Dale I know. He, he, is, he is still in Major League Baseball. And I had found it. I, I said that this sounds like Joe Walsh covering Kiss. You know, exactly who it sounds like. And, yeah. and what's funny is, as we said in, um, in, our, in our bonus episode, it's going to be coming up. We're going to be talking about why the he's positioned this way. But... What's funny is, like, if you would have thought, like, he was supposed to get buried in this match, this match goes on a lot longer than I thought it would have. Mm-hmm. He, holds his, he holds his own with the wall. It uh, Too bad the crowd doesn't see it that way. And as The you boring said, chance for a <laughs> special main event. Yeah. I love that. It's like That's like seeing an Orton today. Right. <laughs> like, that's right. It's the only other time I could think of that. Wow. Uh, wall breaks out one of his special pay-per-view finishers, the top rope choke slam, as he did with Billy Kidman. Top rope and finger in the ass choke slam. <laughs> oh, oil check. <laughs> Just yeah, I love the cover. the the the, the cover that Wall uh, pins Demon with. He in- unintentionally lifts Demon's right shoulder. I noticed the shot the entire time, and the ref just fuck, fuck it. it. I hate that so fucking. Much. I know. I know. This is like a Nick Patrick thing to fuck up, but it's not Nick Patrick refing. I don't think. I didn't even see. You. I, I don't even. Who gives a shit? It's so th- this special main event was as lame it's as terrible. You know, as we're describing it. Unfortunately, like, even though like. Torberg's not a bad wrestler as the demon. He move, he does better. He's got a good build. Like, know, he, like he's got a good. He does build. have a good. Yeah, he's yeah. very lean oh. though to be named the demon. And then, well, they also say, and I like this because it's like, oh, continuity. It's great. Uh, his finishing move is the love gun. Perfect. Which I'm name. like, that's my favorite Kiss song. And it's like, that's, One, that's great. We'll mention it now. Like 
the Kiss, like the demon thing, was supposed to really grow into a stable of Kiss wrestlers at all. No. Men- yeah, man, it really was. Wow. So, so can you imagine? They could have like, they they been the Psycho Circus. Yeah. Yeah. In wrestling, oh, it would have been that's really awesome. cool. But because I love that. It all gets into some weird politics. The fact that this was all this was originally an Eric Bischoff incarnation, and now with Bischoff not there, that's why it was just sort of like fuck this, and they bury it. No, that would have been great. I know that's what Kiss I is know. all about. It's continuing after they die. Right. Mm-hmm. No, right. I, I really like that. Nevertheless, that we're moving on Whatever. past that. In the back, it's Mean Gene. He's with Ernest Miller. He's making his pay per view debut for oh, us. Oh, the cat for us, the podcast, not obviously in WCW, but. Gene is giving him a hard time about James Brown not showing up. What do you have written, yeah. sir? No, no, it's, it's not about Ernest Miller, <laughs> but it's the part. It's the next part. But keep keep talking about it. Just you begin to laugh hysterically. So, so at, at this point, Ernest Miller has come out. He is uh, being positioned in a way where he will become. He's a, he's eventually about to become the the commissioner of mm-hmm. WCW. Starting off kind of in this heel role, it will materialize more into a face, as we'll see, because he can't help it. The guy's charismatic. He's so likable. What's um, Funny though, at this time period, like he comes out to James Brown esque music. He talks about being a buddy of the Godfather of Soul. So thus, people immediately are like, "Bullshit!" They call bullshit on. They don't think it's real. They don't think that James Brown would ever associate himself with Ernest Miller or WCW, where no one would even see James Brown. <laughs> so uh, I don't. I don't remember that at all. The, the weird thing is, going into this pay per view, it really wasn't defined. But on the pay per view, they're making it sound like it's a thing where we don't think you're you have James Brown here. Uh, to be honest, I don't think anyone going into the show thought James Brown would have been there either right, because never. it wasn't talked about being a thing. Is it a big deal that James... Will James Brown show up or not? You'd when, think that if he was going to show up and they were going to pay him to show up, they would have advertised that for possible buyers. I guess that's a good exactly. thing, though. Once again, the, I bartend 20 minutes down the road. <laughs> and I know how to fucking do this shit better than these people do. I'm, Christ, pal. You can be a fucking bartender with, for all we know. <laughs> But what goes yeah, in is we have, if they advertised it, then that kind of gives it away that he's got to be there. Sure. But what they do is you put Ernest Miller this, in a match with somebody and say that James Brown is going to be in his corner. Right. You or do something some, like that. Probably the maestro because yeah, that's why a not of, the maestro? Why so, not the maestro? Nevertheless, nevertheless, um, I love here when Ernest Miller says, like, he, uh, Gene, Mean Jeans throws the, he sets him up for this by saying, the maestro thinks you should like things like Beethoven. Where Ernest Miller says Beethoven stole from Little Richard, and Little Richard yeah. stole from James Brown. Yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really good. Ugh. All yeah. right, so here we. Are. This is <laughs> my favorite moment of the pay per view. Is this really? It, it, it might in be. a facetious uh, way. Uh, I know you're well, saying. I favorite, it. ironically, <laughs> sure. But this was the biggest laugh for me because. Um, not so much because of what was said or done, but because of what wasn't done, right. if we're talking kayfabe. So the Harris brothers are have brought a, a, a lackey. Oh, they've got the key master. they got the Ooh. key master. Kane. Uh, no, 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 no. So, I'm sorry. They don't have him yet. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. Got, I'm sorry. I am so ahead of myself. They're at the door. These two guys are probably 280, 300 apiece. <laughs> this little <laughs> tiny door. This is what is said. Open the door. Open the door. Pause. Let's go get a key. <laughs> they, Why they, can't they kick the door down? I honestly, I wrote down. I thought about it from the perspective of whoever is in the door. Who would open that door? Right. Open the door. <laughs> hey, hey, that must be the pizza guy. <laughs> no. I was just waiting, hoping we would get a series of Harris brothers in random disguises trying to outwit whoever. Candygram. I mean, yeah. just any fucking thing. 
Katie's there for Mongo. Help, help, my grandmother's having a heart attack out. Just anything would have been awesome. Well, you were giving awesome. more credit. You're giving more character to the Harris brothers. No, this could have gone any number of ways. Right. They don't even try to kick the door no. down. But they can't I get kick, locked out of my house, I try to kick the door down. But they can't down. kick the door down, Charlie, because they can't. They don't have Hell, I throw a softball through the window and say, there's the cop. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Well, well, well. <laughs> this, this part, this podcast is brought to you by Charcoal Brickheads. By uh, Throw previous a brick life start experiences. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on. Take Abbott <laughs> is pacing with anger. Yes, yes. Big Al is pacing with even more anger. But no, he's he's shimmying it's with t- anger. Yeah, it's time for Tank <laughs> Flabby versus Big Gay Al. Whoa. Yeah. Here we go. Like, why would they call him you Big was, Al? What was funny is if you when you go back and watch this. There is no commentary for these these cutaways. Nope. Except you hear Shivani go, "Yep, okay, yeah." Like yep. it, it doesn't know. Like, do we say anything? Over there is this? a great sign that it's. Dude, this is the only time it pops up. It's shown, and then the guy immediately leaves. It just goes, "Mark Madden is hefty." <laughs> the guy shows it and then runs away, and it's right behind Mark Madden's head. That's great. So people may be asking, who in the hell is Al Green? Not the singer. Oh, uh, not the Reverend. Well, Al that Green? Was so funny. Is that his last name? Yeah, it's Al Green. Big Al Green. Yeah. Ooh, not Big Green Al. <laughs> I like Big Gay. So in the recap of this, like Tank Ab, uh, I'm sorry, Bill Gold Abbott, as they pretty much are billing him, Flabby. is just going away. He is. Literally destroying the undercard, the barrel, uh, the bottom of the barrel of the undercard. I it's should a good build-up uh, video package. Yeah, uh, with, with a great comment from Mike Tanay in the video package. Well, he's not about finesse. <laughs> <laughs> Every win he's had, folks, is a train wreck. Yeah. Oh man. So, at it's some cool. point, though, there is a man in the crowd who is starting to well talk some trash at Tank Abbott, which Jesus. Tank doesn't appreciate, and then it gets revealed. And I love this sit-down interview in the empty arena with Tank Ooh. Abbott. Mm-hmm. Awesome, because Tank Abbott said so. It's very serious. Yeah. That's what it reminds me. I need to beat you, Rock. <laughs> I need it more than anything in the world. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> Bam, non-factor. Take Deborah right out of the equation. <laughs> Bam, non-factor. <laughs> Nevertheless, Tank Abbott reveals that Al was a, a bodyguard of his in the UFC days. Because that's sorts. what pit fighters needs are bodyguards. Yeah, and uh, I think what's awesome is Big Al is saying that. Tank Abbott sold out by going to WWE or WCW. WCW. This is not WCW. This is not <laughs> or WWE. And I, I think it's Madden that it's it's once again one of those nice like very very fine point comments Madden makes. It's like, well, isn't he selling out by being here hey, too? Thank He's you. He's doing the exact same <laughs> thing. He speaks for the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's the it's one perfect. time where he was uh, he was correct. But nevertheless, like this builds where like Abbott's like, okay, if you want to, if you want to show me up, then we're gonna have a skins match, which apparently a, is a skins match, pole match. Like, what is this for exactly? my leather jacket? For my leather jacket, there Darn. might be a knife in there. Or, you know, oh, I, might be. Yeah, he's teasing folks. Yo. Oh. But Not see, he just said, Quite what, what he didn't tell them was it's called a, a skins match where I'm going to skin. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's like, that I'm sounds gonna... like a, mm-hmm. the real death match. Are they going to eat the, a hot dog? It's a Buffalo Bill match. Whoa, this thing is a treat. There, do it there. This match is a treat. Oh, oh no, no, no. no. This, is many reasons. This, is, this is the very definition of a special attraction. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Because this is, first of all, this isn't 
I have a two out of five here. This wasn't bad. No. It was so entertaining. Especially the beginning. Oh, well, the beginning's well, kind of great. Well, the, mm. well, the fact that they, they want to do like this over-the-top thing where they lock their arms together, but Big Al yeah. like, drops the belt. Idiot. <laughs> and he kind of stares at it for a second. I'm like, Big Al looks a little confused in this match. Who the hell is this guy? So, first of all, <laughs> all right, so we were talking. We're getting a lot of people that have been around, yeah. and they're getting their debut. This guy shows up, sits his ass in the front row, yells at Tank Abbott, and gets a gimmick match. That's right. That's right. Fuck him. Oh, he doesn't even get Symphony. So after a couple of, of hits on oh, Tank Abbott. Oh, let's talk about this exchange. Because yeah. the words that are said are really so audibly. funny. They are so funny. Son of a bitch. No, he hits Tank Abbott. Tank Abbott very audibly goes, you want to fucking go, <laughs> fucker? <laughs> so at this point, well, like we, they swing these left arms at each other, yeah, these clubbing just, shots. They're uh, hay, haymakers, I think. Yeah, yeah. With what you said about the the, the very audible things that are said, and they're not watch, watch the referee because <laughs> See, clearly, I missed that. I missed that. he gets something said in his ear. The referee then nods his head like, okay, he. All of this ceases because he clearly tells them, hey, you guys, we can hear what you're saying. So they're telling us to stop. And then there's, is it Tanay or Matt? He goes, bad language and left hooks. Yep. What's not to <laughs> like? That's a great line. Yep. It's so good. And uh, so this moves on from this. Like it. This is where I say Big Al gets confused because <laughs> he does get the upper hand at one point in this. He has Abbott by the post, by the turnbuckle. And he... I, I, either he forgets his spot or they he never... creates a new one. <laughs> I, I've never seen this before. And it, oh, I was telling yeah. you, this reminds me of when Justin Gabriel would go for the 450 and he'd spend like a lot of time like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then finally do the damn spot. He doesn't know what he wants to do. Mm. First he thinks he's going to crotch him. Yep. He's, oh, he's too good wow. he's too good for him. He's too good for it. That's what he says. He says he's it. too good to get crotched. I guess so. So what does he do? I'm going to stand on his face. Yeah, not my no hands. And not the Eddie Guerrero, I'm going to put my heel, but really, the it's revenge. just there. I'm spinning. <laughs> this is, I'm going back. to stand on your fucking face. With both feet. Mm -hmm. And Big Al has the greatest counter ever. Get the fuck off yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking funny. So I, standing on the face is, is the, this is how Tank Abbott hulks up. Because once you do that to him, it's all over. There, he does get a couple of great slams where he like literally like legit like just over overheads him a couple of times and it's great. But it's not the best overhead. No, 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 not by any means. But he definitely dominates from this point on. He dominates and leads to one of the. It's the spot of the night. This is the oh, is greatest it? finish. Oh I think my yet. god! Uh, the so, uh, the accidental. Murder. What was gonna happen? So well, I don't know what if Tank wanted to like really show he's a man. Like hold like, it while he's got the I'm, head on his shoulder. He and fireman carries him, and then starts to go up the top rope, which. The thing is, he's going way too fast to like understand his own balance. So yeah. by the time he gets to the top rope, he completely goes over the top rope, uh, spills, and he, a he, dangerous. He drops. He gets to the top rope with him. He drops Al by accident, and he his foot hits the steps, and then he just careens into the ground, which is followed up by Tank Abbott going outside, going right up to. His prone body and giving him a heart punch. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it's not a punch to the chest. But eat him. It's a he's heart trying punch. to clearly. He's trying to revive him. He's a, oh my God. A, he is uh, laying down his dominance here. Mm -hmm. 
Tank Abbott just runs right up. Runs right <laughs> up the damn pole, gets the leather jacket. Tank Abbott, you know, is still a force to be reckoned with. But now, as we've said, we had the spot of the night. This might be... This comes close to you, sir. Cut away! Cut away! It's so fucking funny. Because Tank Abbott gets his jacket, maybe finds a little object in there. Probably that's where it was. I, I don't know for that's sure. That's what I'm thinking. It's got well, it. a fan handed it. Here you go. Fucking cut him, Tank. Tank Abbott goes back up to the prone body of his opponent, Big Al. Puts a knife up to his throat and very audibly again says, I could fucking kill you! Camera pans away. Yeah, let's cut away. Let's. Tony Schiavone. Well, Tank Abbott apparently having some scissors going to cut the non-existent beard off right. Big Al. Yeah. It's hilarious. Tank Abbott's the one. I mean, he tried to cover. God love it, but it's just, you know, clearly in, incorrect. And Well, yeah, let's, yeah, let's move on. To the back, <laughs> Mean Gene is with the new Harlem Heat. With Clarence Mason from yes, WWF. In his same role. Same right? role. Just same what, What's his name here? J. Big. Is it J. Biggs? J. Biggs? J. Yep. Biggs or something. J. Biggs. Neck brace. Yeah. No, yep. then, yeah. So S- Stevie Ray Neidhart has moved on to his new version of the Hart Foundation, Harlem Heat here. He's got Big T, who we know is Ahmed Johnson. Let's just call him Ahmed yep. Johnson. And Jay Biggs, Big T Johnson, <laughs> is in action against Booker for the Harlem Heat rights. Not right. Booker T. Right. Booker. Booker. Right. Which Booker. Tony Schiavone cannot keep up with. Yeah, no, he can't. Holy no, shit. No, he can't. Might as well be calling him Symphony. But it's. <laughs> No, it's good though. Is it's good because it's like then it shows that Shivani's the play-by-play. He's always aligned with the faces, so he's aligning with Booker. So mm-hmm. he's going clearly Booker's the good. I mean, obviously, but he's the good good guy. So the, the thing that we've talked about last time, which was you know when the more popular tag team member goes off to a singles career, the other guy will keep the tag team and get a new partner and just completely flounder in obscurity. Right. So basically, the winner of this match gets the rights to the Harlem Heat name. It is in Stevie Ray's best interest for Big T to lose this match <laughs> so that he does not get the Harlem Heat name. He clearly did not watch the barbershop segment. No. He has not. <laughs> wasn't there a barbershop in that vignette, though, last match where he's telling everybody, Booker forgot about you? Weren't they standing in front of one? Yes. They're, oh, like in the actual, like, awesome. in the vignette. Been been if Ed Booker's Leslie was in that scene, that would have been just fucking priceless. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, what the hell's Booker T going to do with the Harlem Heat name other than use the music? Is right. He, is he, is he going to... I'm going I mean, back to tag team. So, no. so I, I think... They, they told me they were so going to give me clearly a Clearly in 2014... <laughs> with Pillman. When, when the... Sh- <laughs> You're going to let me finish this goddamn job? <laughs> <laughs> this is a good setup. It's like, I thought I was going to get a U.S. title run. Where's Harley Race? Where's Harley Race? He promised me a title run. They put me with Pillman. I'm with Pillman for six months. I want to split us up. We're a goddamn good tag team. <laughs> I'm pantomiming the camera. The Hollywood remember, blondes, yeah, man. Stone Cold with that old like millimeter camera. They said I was from Hollywood, California. Here I am sounding like I'm from Austin, Texas. <laughs> no one was buying it. Moving on. Uh, I, <laughs> shit. Well, what I was going to say is clearly Booker and Stevie Ray didn't do the... The, uh, the Shield learned from this, and so in 2014, yeah. it was like, all right, Roman, you can take the music and the gear. We will take right. uh, new entrances. They went back, oh, according to Stevie Ray v. Booker, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they looked back at the law books and were like, all right, we got to well, clear this outside. This, the architect deems the paralegal... So we know. So when we get the new Harlem Heat doing their entrance with um, with Big T, he comes out to the Harlem Heat music. What does Booker come out to? I don't know. Leave, leave it, it to Beaver. Beaver. Leave it to Beaver. That's what it sounded like to me. And well, this is this was been, it really leaving? It is. It that that was it. Even That's, on the network? Yeah, it sounded like it. Which I or was that Beaver Cleavage's music? Oh, 
It could have been because that was Ed Farr's... <laughs> Do you remember? You Oh, no. Chaz! Yeah, it sounds exactly like Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. So... And this and what's crazy is this has been this has been going on for weeks apparently. Well, right right okay. before the music ends, Booker T poses on cue with the music stopped. That's why, like, it's amazing. It's like he rehearsed it. With I, Leave it to be th- this match. This has <laughs> actually got me the the most heated watching it. Like, I actually got mad oh, watching no. this because Booker's it, better than because because the thing is like as bad as it is, Booker like sells it. Like he goes all the way with it. He, he gives in a hundred percent to the angle and goes with it. Um. All right, so oh, by the way, no midnight. She had been released by this point. She is no like so. Wow, still talking bad. about her, which yep. is interesting. Yep, they yep. still talk about her, but by this point, she had, she had left. This match, what what can you say about it? Booker does what he does. Big T is a botch machine. Big uh, Ahmed Johnson. First of all, you know he he looks about fifty pounds overweight. Yes, he looks winded almost immediately. Like he looks exhausted. Yeah, but he's got his breathe right strip up. He does have his breathe right strip. It is weird seeing him wrestle in those, n- not with his red tights that we used to make fun of, but they never fit him. Never fit him. They used to always ride up his ass. Yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of this weird singlet on. It, it, it just doesn't look right. They try to cover for it by having everybody get involved, which was inevitable. You knew with all these guys on the outside, they're going to get involved. But somehow we get, you know, Booker T, like, hits his, he gets his special meter all the way up and hits, like, 12 signatures. Right. All of them. And he, he, dude, he nails that axe kick on Ahmed Johnson. Kills him. It, it's right in the head, too, because yeah. he usually does it, like, here. Neck or back. Yeah, upper back. Yeah, upper back. Yeah. Man, he clobbers him. And, and w- w- watching Booker T sell to Ahmed Johnson, at this version of him is awful. I hate it because it, it just seems like Ahmed can't go. And Booker, who's in the prime of his career... It is the prime. Yeah, no doubt is, about it. And he he's arguably uh, my favorite wrestler from this time period in WCW that was a homegrown star. True. And he is yet to have a good match on our podcast. No, I know. It, it sucks. But he, he's nearly on the verge of oh, finally getting, overcoming this oh, yeah. in this match, in just this match alone. He's about to overcome. He gets the missile drop kick. One, two, and dong. A long dong, by the way, because yeah. this is a portly fellow who's stuck somehow. The lights come back on, and Jack Mabel appears. I do I can call him. I don't know what you call him. Oh, do I have a cute nickname for him? <laughs> I, just kept, huh? I, just kept I don't thinking, have one. I just kept thinking it was yep. you know general mission yep yeah. jack mabel showing up here folks <laughs> but he appears out of nowhere who apparently is name dropped oh that's the guy they were talking about i don't, I don't know. remember the guy this guy they were talking about that was a, a buddy of theirs but once again is like everybody else sold out booker t for stevie ray neidhart um this leads to of course the distraction creates the pearl river botch it had, it's lazy too. <laughs> it's just and, and the, uh, what did they call it at the commentary table? Like, it's, uh, he, he hits him with that that power bomb sit out, yeah, fuck face move. Yeah. And, it, you know. I thought he was going to hurt Booker T. Yes. It, yeah, it, because he's, he should not be wrestling. Part of the problem is Booker's such a tall guy to yeah. give that move. That's no, a lot well, because, to get up. I mean, Goldust used to take it, but that's when Ahmed yeah. was in shape, much better shape. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. before yeah. his kidneys burst, you have to oh, yeah, you, know. <laughs> you have to underhook him, and then with this move. You lift. You have to power lift him and then release him to catch his legs. Right. Booker T's like six seven. Right. Like, he's a big dude. I mean, even if he had at one time re- like gotten rid of the sit down part of it, if he had just done the double under sit out release, is the hardest part of it. Yeah. Just so they went. Stevie Ray mumbles some bullshit into the camera. Yeah. And this is something I've noticed it more and more as the show goes on. I want to. I just want to point this out. I, I'm tired of this face that Stevie Ray makes. This yeah, MySpace face. Yeah. Where <laughs> MySpace. He just. He, he just 
Oh mm. yeah, the the, mm. the aren't duck. I cute? No, you're not. You're Stevie fucking right. You're, you're, <laughs> you, 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 I, I hate it. And he does it two or three times in this match. The ugly duck face. Yeah, the ugly duck face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. <sighs> Nevertheless, now we still have got poor Booker T. Uh, Booker stuck. Flounder. Booker, sorry. Booker Shivani. Good Bo- lord. Yeah, <laughs> Booker is stuck with the Leave It to Beaver theme music and no last name. Now it's funny when Mark Madden screws up. Tony Schiavone's all over his ass. Oh. But Tony Schiavone screws up three or four times here, and Schiavone can't take the criticism. He's a dick. <laughs> no, no, he, he really is. The way the way that the way that he he dishes it out. I mean, not defending Mark Madden by any means, but Tony Schiavone, it's just like fucking. So look, all right, so let's let's. Well, no, no. All right, we'll we'll tackle that. We'll talk about Madden versus Heenan on the on the bonus show. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about Madden oh, versus oh, Heenan. Oh, like they don't actually. No, 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 no. We like the, uh, the comparison. Look at like, you. You have this like, very strange look of concern. What are you talking about? Hey. <laughs> In the back, Mean Gene. He's with the Stro, the Maestro oh, himself, Bob Cobb. He is making. <laughs> He is making his podcast <laughs> debut here. He wants Uh-oh. to go by my story. Along with, all right, finally it's correct. Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> Clarinet. <laughs> Symphony is here. Now, you guys know who Symphony is? No. It's Ryan Shamrock. <gasps> is it really? Yes, it is. Saving Private Ryan? Or yep. Saving Ryan's Private. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I did not know that. So, Was this actually Shamrock's sister? Like, oh, no, no, no. No, no. they, uh... This the story yeah, like yeah, they... So... All right, so you got a story for me. So let's, let's clarify. <laughs> one of the, this is one of those things going on WWF at the time when the Ryan Shamrock, Ken Shamrock, Val Venus angle was going on. Ken and Ryan were actually dating. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it goes. There were the Osmonds of wrestling. <laughs> That's man. right. They were Deborah and Dexter Morgan. It. Oh. See, we uh, oh, we're bringing in all the references. How many Game of Thrones times does this happen? Oh no. Yeah. Uh, well, there there is. A, a Don't ruin it. I'm only on season there, two. There's a lot of incest in Game of Thrones, but yes, that's episode is. one. But, yep, that, that happened. Uh, I did not know that. So, of course, not long after that angle ended, Ryan Shamrock, and I think that there was a Godfather angle where she was, of course. You know, whatever, at yeah. some point. She but was a hoe. You're she, a female on the way up, you're going with the Godfather. She's the valet. <laughs> she women are horrible. Oh, <laughs> in this era of wrestling, in this era of wrestling they are. All women are horrible, horrible sadly. Uh, Symphony with the maestro. He's backstage. They're building off of the, the bed earlier with Ernest Miller. Mm-hmm. Hearing the maestro talk now, He's I looked it up. Home. The maestro, uh, the the guy's name, uh, Bob. It's Bob it, Cobb. It, it really, <laughs> no, no, seriously. His, no, no, no. His the real he guy's name is Bob. Uh. <laughs> this guy's from North Carolina. He's trying to sound like I. I can't tell. Trying to, I think he's doing Mozart from. Um, uh, Amadeus, the okay. movie. Uh, That's, so we were thinking it's because he'd watched a lot of uh, Trip- Triple H as, as uh, whatever he was. Hunter Hearst Helmsley? No, no, because not Hunter Hearst. It's when he was in WCW as the French guy. No, oh. the French guy, the blue blood. Jean-Pierre, no, he actually owns Jean-Pierre I, Levesque or something yeah, like no, that. No, well, that's his real name. But, but, or Jean Levesque. But he actually went by a variation of his name at one point. Right. Yeah, so that I, might be it. That's what we were thinking. Does, uh, just throwing this out there, is it a little tease? Does uh, the maestro look familiar to you he in looks terms so of? Familiar, doesn't he look like a classic wrestler? Maybe the oh. goon. <laughs> the goon. Mister <laughs> Hughes. Like, he looks like Dolph Ziggler <laughs> if he drank like fifty-five beers and went on the independent circuit. <laughs> but, uh, but who is the no, maestro? No, no. I, he's somebody, huh? All right. So gateway of knowledge. Tell us. Fascinating thing. If you thought the maestro looked like Gorg- Gorgeous George. That's that. That's who he was trying to emulate, mm-hmm. because yes, with the hair. Mm-hmm. 
And the maestro is, uh, yep, he is actually like, uh, I, forget, his, I thought you were going to tell me he was gorgeous George. I'm like, <laughs> man, what kind of facial cream is he using? <laughs> he, he was getting on the ground floor of that Cindy Crawford shit where it's oh, just yeah. like, I'm 50, but. You ever seen Fair Game? <laughs> I'm 50, but I look like uh, I'm 48. Oh, Fair Game ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Train scene. Yeah, hey. official remake of Cobra. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Nevertheless, we're going to get into it, but there's a reason why the maestro likes to look like Gorgeous George. There's a good reason for it. That'll be coming up in our bonus episode coming up after this one. Um, all right, so the whole point of this, though, is the fact that with Ernest Miller may or may not have the cat or may not have James Brown here tonight, the maestro lays down a counter challenge of his own that if he does not show up, that he will have to, um, I believe he leads off with first, you're going to have to like my music, yep. and then become my lackey. Music yes. is subjective. I have <laughs> some bags for you. Yeah, like, like, that's terrible. Okay, Liking awesome. classical music, remember guys, hill thing to do. Yes. So, we get away from, we, we know where this is headed though, of course. It's quite funny. We're going to see a bit in the ring later on, but now the Meister has put in his two cents about it. The Harris brothers have regrouped, they have re-strategized how they're going to get into this private room. How, you may ask. Well, they just got a guy with the key. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe he doesn't have the key. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're just standing there for oh, the first God. second or two, just staring at the door. And then they go right into action. All right, man. Good, good. They, got, yeah, just, they all go take her <laughs> booger red on them. Did you get a medium fry or a large fry? <laughs> well, I got a medium fry. Get, get, get the door open. Get, get the door. <laughs> of course, I, I love. This is what's up. This guy works for the arena. Mm-hmm. He's got all the keys, and I love his response. Oh, man, I, I think they changed the lock. Yeah. What? What? You would be the first one to know. You That's would be your... the guy who did that. <laughs> You're yeah. different in that. The, the, the Harris brothers had the perfect reaction. Let's just beat the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not the door. No. no let's, let's, exactly. Let's not, not throw the guy through let's, the door. Let's not work. Be we won't yeah. work on the root cause. We'll no. just work on the fucking guy himself. Oh, awesome. listen to you. Bring it work into that. Uh, anyway. So, the next match. Here we go. Now, now, now I'm getting excited. Yeah. We get a video package. It is Kidman versus Vampiro, part three. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vampiro actually has a shot at having a good match. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so this interesting build of this one. Each of them, they, uh, Kidman goes over first in like a, a Nitro match that they have. Ooh. He goes over yep. first, but Vampiro cuts one of those promos like, I want a rematch because I respect you. Like he doesn't do like the classic heel, like I got screwed. It's like, I, I respect Billy Kidman. I want a rematch because I'd like to, you know, I'd like to prove myself again. They get thrown together in a couple of weird tag mm-hmm. matches where Vampiro starts to come off kind of heelish because he doesn't like, like he, because of the frustration of uh, not going over on Kidman, kind of elusive as a tag partner, not mm-hmm. one to be trusted, which leads to some, you know, questionable beatdowns that Kidman receives. But then, like, it gets interesting because then at one point where it seems like they're on the same page. And Billy Kidman's the one who's being elusive. Vampiro will eat a chair shot for him. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's and really, this is all in a month. In a month, yeah. yeah this yeah. is a lot of... And that's just how long the video package is. fucking long. Did Kevin Costner edit this thing? Uh, it, it's a Kevin Costner cut. I'm telling you guys, these are the future of this company. <laughs> I mean... Have you seen the postman? <laughs> Tom Petty's in it. It's so cool. We play coy with who we may be. It's so long. It is. It, really it, it, is. It, it feels like it's five minutes, to be honest. I'm right. sure it's not that long. But yeah, th- this feud, I, I can't believe this is a month. I will say, like, again, like, 
as much shit as like you know we can give Mark Madden for his call. He has a Jim Ross call of the night on this, where he says, he says at one point, uh, he calls it that in two years we're going to see these guys going for the U.S. title. <laughs> two more years we're going to see him going for the world title because he talks about how good of a rivalry this could be. And the thing is, there's like, a lot of illusions in this show to the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's sad. Uh, it is. It, it, it's really it's sad. heartbreaking. All right, so let's just... These are two guys that I like. What did you guys think of this as a match? As a, Well, before we even talk about it, right. uh, as a whole, this is the best match so far. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is the first decent match. Like, and I mean that. I think everything else before has just blown. This is the seventh match, and it's not bad. That's my opinion. Would you? I had a good time, what? like, yeah. good time watching this. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can see, you're like... You know, we always like to make jokes and call people out for botching, but you see right. people that it's not that they don't make mistakes, they can capitalize on them and correct them right. on the plot. And that's really good. Recently, I, I, I heard Regal on um, on Jericho's podcast. He was talking about matches he had with Eddie Guerrero. And, and Jericho asked him, like, well, how are the matches? And he honestly said, they weren't very good. And he was like, well, why, why not? Why weren't they good? And he said, he's like, we were trying too hard. WWF matches or WCW? WWF, WWF matches. matches. Yeah. He's saying, I, I, I agree with that. We were trying too hard. That's how I feel about this match. This match is nearly... Uh, I went into this with uh, very high expectations because in reading the build-ups, mm-hmm. as bad as these Nitros and Thunders might be, when these guys were anywhere in the same vicinity, like there are very positive things that are said. This match is nearly perfect, except there are times where it looks like they are trying way too hard yeah. to, to, to have a great match. And at times, like you can tell, like you know, you get a, a couple times where Vampiro. It's mostly on the Vampiro end. He looks, uh, you know, not botching necessarily, but mm-hmm. close. Like it looks awkward. He's not the cleanest sm- wrestler. Right. He really uh, isn't he, clean. He's not. He's a good wrestler. Right. But he's not the smoothest worker in the business. Also, like the match really didn't have to rely on Tori. What? See, and well, that's, but, that's, but that, that didn't stop the commentators from. Right. And uh, I'd like to also make a point to say that it's the seventh match. This is the first time that the War on Women uh, makes its appearance. Oh, we're um, good. Which is impressive enough, but it all with, starts with, with Symphony. Well, no, <laughs> no, no, no. started it's, with the cleavage comment in the first match. Right, that's true. That's true. A, what, what was a cleavage comment? Mark Madden. Paisley's in the ring, and Mark Madden's first thing out of his mouth, or, where he said he makes he makes his announcement. Oh well, she needs to be showing more cleavage. It is pay per view after all. That's right. That's right. Okay, I missed the first half of that, but I remember mm-hmm. the second. Well, the, the way this starts is actually from a fan. I don't know if you heard that what the fan said, but um, Vampiro has a chair, and he kind of. Like is aiming at a Tory, and there's a fan. You can you can actually hear him go, "Fuck her up, <laughs> <laughs> fuck her up." And this is San Francisco, right? This is the this progressive is, people. Yeah, this yeah. isn't like in like the Greensboro Coliseum. No, this isn't right? the assholes that surround us on a daily basis. Whoa! And, no, <laughs> and, and Mark Madden, Charlie just turned heel, heel <laughs> on Greenville, South I'm Carolina. Kind of pro In any other part of the country, I'm a face. <laughs> <laughs> But, this is like your Madison Square Garden to the rock. Oh my god, I hate him. Boom me, bring it. But Mark Madden, for no fucking reason, he calls Tori a bimbo. Yeah. yeah. And there's no reason but, but, for it. All right, well, it's, here's the weird thing. Like, Tor, I, I don't know what the discussion was about what Tori's role in this match was, but 
it creates this heel stigma for Kidman because like yeah. she starts like trying to interfere in this when they're on the outside, and it creates the reversal in the match where Kidman takes over and everything. But it's really weird because Kidman at this point has been like a big baby face sure. coming off of the Filthy Animals craft, mm-hmm. and, the and so threat theater. it doesn't make sense that she is involved in this as much as she is. I could see them calling her a bimbo if if it was like a love triangle, right? right. Something like that. There's nothing. The it doesn't not even. It doesn't fit. Yep. Like she, yep. Vampiro's character doesn't seem like. Someone that would be distracted right. by a female. I, I look at Vampiro as asexual. I, I, oh, I, I, he breathes by cutting himself in half. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just telling him. I mean, hey, if you want to, if you want me to put that film together for you, yeah, I, I, if you want to get more screen time, you just got to make two of yourself. I mean, that's that's easy. You know, uh, cut, cut the long way. The other way is gross. But all right, so we head towards. All right, we get. We get some high spots. Vampire hits his signature. Does he do the rocker dropper? He that does the is? dropper. They call the, the dropper. dropper. Right, 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 right. Tanae has a great call on Madden. Like, he puts him down hardcore. Madden says something that it sounds so off the wall that it sounds scripted. And Mike Tanae goes, oh, what was that, Mark? Another one of your prepared ad libs? Oh, yeah. Holy okay. shit. Okay. I've never right, I remember before. the bit. All right, so he says, so if if Kidman wins, will they call will they call her Tori the Vampiro Slayer? That's oh, yeah. it. That's the one. Oh, God. Shivani cracks up at this. He yeah. gets into that, too. Yeah, and then, yes, yeah, is. is that another one of your prepared ad libs? <laughs> that is so insulting. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, like, <laughs> it's chip, it's chippy at the table. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, that's it's a same. different kind of tension, though. It's not Mike Tenayian. It's very co- like combative. Like uh, Mike Tenay is usually very easygoing in Colin commentary. He doesn't really right. interact so much with the other people because Mike Tenay's like the professor and shit. But he's actually like being a real dick. Well, the, the <laughs> problem is like. And this is something that WWF did not have at this time period was having a guy who was so spot on with knowing like background spots sure. and things. And Jim Ross like kind of became a jack of all trades. Like he knew their background, he could tell the story in the ring. The problem is WCW is like you guys have a guy who could legit just tell the story, Tony Schiavone. Mm-hmm. You have a guy who could give the background, but the problem is like it's like Schiavone's like I don't know, no, I I can I can do that too. Like it there's not a good harmonious relationship no, well, between the no two. There's no need for Mike Tanay if Tony Schiavone's there. Right. Tony, as much as I can't stand him sometimes, Tony Schiavone is that good. He is the voice of WCW for me. Oh yeah, and, totally. Uh, he can he can do Tanay's job no problem. Right. But it was always a problem for me finding somebody who could balance Tony Schiavone. It's not Bobby Heenan. And well, and it should be. And I will say, Madden to his credit is trying to yeah. be a heel. He's trying to be like this Heyman Lawler kind of amalgam in a way, but. Nevertheless, getting towards the finish, Kidman hits a devastating top rope. Frankenstein just crushes him with it. Um, we get that's the we get that's a near fall that's built on top of the dropper that we see Vampiro get. Um, there was a botched fireman's carry. Yeah, uh, see, what, what was this? Um, do you remember the spot? I don't like, know the. This is where I saw. Oh, they, ah, they were Kidman. Kidman launches himself into the ring, mm-hmm. and uh, Vampiro catches him. But not really. Right. Like he just kind of like falls sideways, yeah. and then he immediately picks Kidman up and does a vertical suplex. Yeah, um, that's again like it just seems like the, moving too fast, like yeah. trying to do too much on a show that sadly there are not many people watching. Yeah, so they didn't know that at the time. Of course, and maybe I got to be well, honest. They probably, they, they probably could have guessed uh, it based uh, on the and numbers. And you look at where they are on the card at this point, though, compared to where they've been. Right. I mean, like they're they're getting close to the main it's event. Better. Time, I so mean, they got eyes on them, and they're sure and. But um, they, there's a release power bomb. Oh my god! Yes. You ever seen this before? Like, I, like he, he just kind of like 
throws him the second he gets up there. Uh, it, it's, it looks great, and Kidman just kind of folds up like an accordion. Do we get a double powerbomb spot in this? I'm trying to remember. Like, do we get one of those? It was, I remember we got one. Oh, I don't know if it was. It powerbombs this. him, and then he can't quite lift him like Brock Lesnar does. He, right. You can actually see he actually Kid, grabs Kid, Kidman's pants. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's the release powerbomb. Yeah. yeah. He just throws Awesome him. spot. Like, oh, that's a great it's cool. spot. This, what did you think of this finish? This what was the finish? All right. So, <laughs> what's the finish? What? All right. So typical WCW. T- typical. Nobody knew. The f- nobody knew what the finish was of the podcast. It's ridiculous. We're on this new network. They got like eight almanacs and they can't I, fucking tell I, you. I can't figure out the damn finish. All right. So, um, Kidman, like they're on the t- they're on the top turnbuckle. I think Vampiro's Vampiro's going for a spot of his own. Kidman reverses it. And he twists it into a tornado reverse oh, DDT. Oh, it's a tornado. Uh, yeah, it's a scorpion death drop. Oh, it, it looks it it looks rugged. It's crooked, it's sloppy. Yeah, it, it looks like it could hurt Vampiro. It looks well. They were like trying to sell Vampiro. Uh, got injured from it, but during the replay, they showed it like he doesn't hit his head or anything. He not just, really. It, it's it, not a bad landing, but it, right. it's not a clean move. Mm-mm. Kidman goes over there. One, two, three. It's a decisive finish. Kidman mm-hmm. gets. The, I guess this is the, the the rubber meets the road match for him. Yep. He goes over in it. Overall, though, I still think this is an awesome match. It's very strong. It's damn near like you know getting into Meltzer territory for ratings. It just misses on a lot of the little things. Just because, again, you you got guys who it's like you said, legitimately, this is the highest you've been on the card thus far. You are going to be trying harder to get even more notice to get right. elevated to a belt. So and rightfully so. You know, rightfully so, of course. All right, in the back, Mean Gene. He's with Terry Funk and Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> He's still around. Dustin Funk is in the death match with Ric Flair, and he says, "I'm, I'm gonna kick Ric Flair's ass." Well, I'm not that's not the Terry Funk voice, but you get the idea. Oh, you do. I yeah. can't, I'm, I'm too sick to do it the right uh, way. The nearly whiny you accordion. Sucking dog, Flair. Oh, my daddy could have beaten his um, daddy and my daddy. My daddy would just whip your yeah, ass. Yes, he would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take him down to the dungeon. Come on. He'd rape you with a priest. You're going to take your pants off. <laughs> way, to, way to inside joke the people right on out of here. You're uh, the dungeon. <laughs> Dory Funk loser. <laughs> so they cut to Sid Vicious. One yes. Of, another, oh, one of my favorite moments. My. Sid Vicious demands that they go get uh, Mean Gene okay. Okerlund. What's the setup to that, though? Remember we talked about... All right, so, remember, Sid opens the door. Security guys have been outside. Mm-hmm. One security guy goes to stop him because, remember, nobody is supposed to go in and out. Right. The he grabs Sid, and my God, Sid's explosion. Don't you touch me! <laughs> he goes all Francis from fucking stripes on him. Oh, no, does. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I know it's not now, but we're going to get to me... One of the best Sid promos because it's the anti-Sid yes, promo. Yes, I wrote that because it is fucking awesome. Yeah. I love this Sid promo that comes up later when Mean Gene gets when, there. When but, Gene has been summoned. Oh, oh, right. bad. oh that's really good. good. No, Sid's his promos are. Awesome. Sid is good. Like I'll tell you, uh, this paper view. They're bad. Yeah. yeah, but well, Sid's got the ball. I mean, this is the time to show it. Um, but anyway, something we used to joke about, like, I, how, how did these wrestlers, like, if, if wrestling were real, how would they get introduced in, like, a public setting if they had to say Mr. in front of their name? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like, so, so Sid demands that they go get Mean Gene Okerlund, and, and, and the security guard goes, yes, sir, Mr. Vicious. 
<laughs> Would have been better if you said, yes, Mr. Millennium Man. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Vicious Justice. Are you hyphenated? <laughs> Mr. Psycho. Mr. S- <laughs> well, Psycho would have been his first name. Oh, his last Mr. Name was Sid. Mr. Sid. Mr. Sid. Mr. Sudden Infant Decibels. He demands Mean Gene. Mean Gene's on the way up next. I know for Jason, this is the highlight of the night, and I somewhat agree. This is a fun, fun time. We see in the back, David Flair, Crowbar, and Daphne. They're bringing a stretcher to the arena. It is time. Not just for any stretcher match. It a is the Sicilian <laughs> stretcher match. Uh, yes, I went all Paul Heyman and Rollerball. I wish, I when, when you wish there were like oranges and shit on the fucking thing. Like, <laughs> see, that's the thing. This they thing say of- this shit like, yeah, we're going to do it Italian style. I'm like... Fuck does that mean? Like you're, you're gonna covered in sauce. You're gonna cook some, get some parmesan together, and put it on some spaghetti. What the fuck does that mean? I I hate that because yeah, why didn't they kind of like just gimmick this whole thing out? Like yeah, get the oranges like fucking Godfather's. Right, like, right. Stuff horse has. I mean, I do love though that anytime that they they ask Johnny the bullshit. What what he's gonna do to these? I'm gonna people. break. I'm gonna break their, break their thumbs like that. <laughs> but it's an awesome. It's an awesome. You are the dumb one gimmick. He is I such will an give idiot. Although I do like that they said, "Yeah, man, we were talking the Father Carmine." I'm like, yeah. I was Rocky like, this vignette is amazing. Oh my god! Yeah, there's so a lot of uh, the the ride to this. What I thought was cool is as much as shit as as we give off air and on air to David Flair. That group is neat. Like, the, when he said they're bringing the stretcher, they're all over the place. Oh. Daphne's holding it, screaming. They're, I mean, oh, they yeah, are It's not really the only good. time we'll hear that. They are, no, no, uh, she can go fuck herself after this. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's, he's goddamn her, right. Man, she, she just got on my last goddamn She womaned it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so as we talked, there's a lot built up. All right, so as we left sold out, the our David Flair and Crowbar were the world tag team champions. That did not last for long after because the Marmalukes did end up going over and taking the tag belts. Of course, this feud continued. It culminates in a wedding crashing. Yes. A it, wedding at the backstage at an arena. Way to maximize someone else's money, guys. No. That's what they mean by Italian style. <laughs> What, are you having a televised event? I, I we'll have a wedding and catering. Hey, hey. Hey, bring that over here. Come on, yeah, forget him. about yeah. it. I don't even think they're Italian. <laughs> I really you don't, don't think so? No, I really don't. <laughs> they're what they think Italians are. For, all right, so let's get right to the chase on this thing because this thing is this this thing is fun to talk about. Overall, what's some thoughts, opinions here? A, a Sicilian stretcher match. David Flair, uh, my favorite thing that I noticed from him... Since the Halloween Havoc shirt was ripped off, he is now wearing a Mayhem shirt. Right. He just gets the next one to He learn. gets the next pay-per-view. He's a little behind. Yeah. But, well, uh, yeah, so is wrestling. So is WCW. That's right. All right. So I will say the, the thing that – the first thing I like about this match, the way it's set up – or first of all, let's clarify. Sicilian stretcher rules, which they thankfully you know, – Thank clarify. God. Well, I love how no one knows. The referee helps. I, Why do the referees I, fucking help? Multiple, multiple, multiple referees. Multiple. It's like a – Fucking NBC like show about EMT people yeah. helping people. I, I don't know why I stroked out there. Couldn't say the words, <laughs> but it happened. No, it didn't happen. Third watch or something? Well, I mean, yeah. Like, like, thanks, but yeah, like that's what's freaking out. And the the fun thing is, is we are 
all included in not knowing really what the fuck is going on. This is one of just several and, matches I don't know the rules. But, but not just that. It's the con- like what's getting ready to happen yeah. is part of why I love so this match. Just in terms of the match itself, what I like is that this hides the David Flair flaws, which are sure. you know really it's just the the guy. That's the secret of a gimmick match. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's great about this is the fact that you're letting Big Vito, who can work, we've seen him, he can do some good. Johnny the Bull's got spots. He's got some decent spots. Crowbar can obviously go. We yep. saw him with Vampiro and their interchange at Sold Out, which was really, really good. But the highlight of this match is when Disco Inferno takes the commentary seat. Yes. And it is amazing. Man. Yeah. It's yeah. really it's weird. So... Yeah. It's, it, it turns into an SNL skit. It, yeah. And I'm not saying, like, it does where, especially after he gets maced or whatever that was no, that she gets in. Pre-mace, yeah. what's funny is he's ribbing his own guys. I'm like, yeah. they, don't, they don't even know. Hey, they really don't. Yeah. yeah, they're like, well, they yeah, told- well, what would you do in this match? Well, what kind of match is it? It's a science of stretch match. Oh. It's a what? It's like, what is that? Yeah. And he goes, well, you're, you're watching the match right now. You don't know what it is? It wasn't the match that was was when I when I signed up for this thing. This yeah. <laughs> goes is so good. Talking about the inconsistencies I, in WCW. You know, that, that stretcher's not really Italian, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what makes this a Sicilian stretcher match? I guess where these... Because, you know, Sicilian is known for making stretchers. Like, all these great... Th- Jokes but in the band. Well, yeah, well, then Mark Madden, uh, oh, he had a great moment where... He is ribbing Disco the yeah. whole he's time. He's doing that, and then Disco kind of leaves for a second, and Mark Madden, I find it very hard to believe that he can't pronounce Chef Boyardee. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, especially him. Chef Boyardee, or whatever the hell he said. I was like, the hell is that? And, <laughs> he and tried I, to make it super Italian. I think he just didn't know what the fuck it was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, Oh, there's a great sign I wanted to point What's out. That? It's uh, it's by the entrance ramp. It says Hall and Nash equal pay per view buy rates. <laughs> now, here's a little secret: they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. Wow. No. no. This is Sorry. also where you took the screen capture for uh, yes. Disco Creeper, right? Disco Creeper. Did you see that guy? It was just kind of hey. <laughs> he was <laughs> what? Dude, guy. Dude, he was staring a. Not like a, a, oh my god, I'm in, in awe in Star Trek. It's Disco Inferno. This was like, like my my caption contest entry was. Like where there was a guy in the crowd. Yeah, right next to Disco because he was, Disco sitting at the right. commentary and he's right here. Oh, and this guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that, I saw the screen cap. Dude, it's weird. Yeah, it's so. I'm going to get me some Disco pants. Oh, fuck, he's yeah. right there. I'm going to skin him and get me a whole suit. Yeah, that, sh- that guy was, ugh. So oh, weird. Uh, Tony Schiavone, uh, he he JRs out for a second. All of a sudden, Tony Schiavone gets a southern accent yeah. and goes, Oh, this is the damnedest thing I've ever called. Yeah. I, and, I, and I've called a lot of them. And I'm like, The fuck? <laughs> like, why is he talking? It's like John Cena. Like he, his accent changes based on where he is. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And, and if, he's, if he's won or lost recently. He's sad Cena. Yeah, if sad. he's won, he's all ghetto hype Cena. Yeah. yeah. Or, or if he's in West Newberry, I mean, you're watching Boys in the Hood. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, but if he's down here, I mean, you're fucking watching, I don't know. What was it? What was, Man, what was the Two Brothers, Four Brothers. What was the one with... Oh, four Mark brothers. Mark, yeah, well, well, he is Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's, well, that's Mark Wahlberg. If he ate Mark Wahlberg, yeah, like, it's a gorilla wearing Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> but anyway, uh, all right. So, uh, but the, the highlight when Disco gets when Daphne squirts him in the eyes with mm-hmm. whatever that what is it? I don't, I don't know. know if it's mace or if it's just crazy. Juice. It's what awesome because the, the rest of the match, Disco does he not know. It. It. He sells it. He sells it. Feel his he way gets back around all the way to the commentary table to talk to us. What's going on? Are we, Are we winning? <laughs> no, there's like a powerbomb spot and it's through a table and you just hear Disco go, was that for us? Was that one of my guys? <laughs> yes, it was one of your guys. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, God. 
This guy was so funny. I love the strategy that the Marmalukes empl uh, employ here. Crowbar, although doing the most of the heavy lifting, we get table spots, glare, as we said. If David Flair gets taped to the stretcher, that's one way to keep him on him. Fuck and then, hey. all right, little Nate, get the girl! Go get the girl! The Marmalukes apparently have to get them a third of the way up the. And the rest will do the rest. And yeah, the they'll rest, do the rest. Which, okay, like David Flair said, because remember the. Um, they almost uh, David and and Crowbar almost get one of the Marmalukes, don't they? And then right. like I've watched it so many times. Like I'm, you watched it seven times. I've watched said. it seven times. Jesus! In between the last podcast episode, <laughs> yeah. So watch that one match. Seven oh, the one match. Yeah, the one, like, it's not the whole Super Bowl. No, because this it, I watched it the first time and I was like, oh my god! And then I watched the second time. I watched it. Take notes, and I was too busy laughing my ass off. But that's what I understand is you're letting. So it really, at what point do they win? Because a wrestler can just overpower a ref. We've seen right. if a wrestler thumps a ref, they're out. If it's a finishing move, they're dead. So <laughs> I mean, it's if if Earl Hebner gets hit in the head, his ankle hurts. <laughs> he, he doesn't understand <laughs> selling Hebner. unless it's t-shirts. You always hurts ankle too. You shook his hand, sir. I did. <laughs> I'm not going to buy your t-shirt, but I just wanted to shake your hand. Yeah, he didn't look happy. <laughs> anyway, um, um, Mark Madden. Uh, I want to make sure I heard this right, because uh, uh, Warren Women comes back. Does he make a reference to rape? Do, like, yeah. Towards the end there, like he he says something about uh, women liking it. Like it has something to do with Daphne. Like, well, they're you got to tire They're down. taping Daphne yeah. to the wheelchair. Yeah. And he says, "Oh man, you know she likes that." Yeah. Yeah. He says and I know you guys like said that. she was annoying, but she was on. Like I she mean, was ready, she was screaming. She's Vicky Guerrero over. My mm -hmm. wife was in the in the kitchen, and she was just like, "Who the fuck is yelling?" And can they stop? And I was like, <laughs> second answer, probably not. I have no control of that. Sadly, the gimmick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like at one point, they had the camera on her, and she just lets it out. Even. Yeah. yeah. That's why the best part of this match is, uh, uh, besides Disco, is the fact they put a sock in her mouth so she'll shut the mm -hmm. fuck up. Yeah. And the crowd. Yep. But that, starts cheering. That's what it is. Is you got that screaming in the background the whole time. You've got disco on commentary. You've literally got this clusterfuck of a match, and For, it's it it fits like it should not fit. This should be one of the things well, that you a, look at and go, "Fuck this." Johnny finally hits his springboard leg drop yeah, without yeah, watching yeah, it. But he he balances on the rope for about a, a year. And he's just like, <laughs> he, gave, he Gabriel's his way up there. Yeah, yeah it, wait, I'm gonna do this. I'm like the 452nd frog splash. Yeah, this is his. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, that's good. This that's is good. His, this is that's good. basically, I'm guessing, how he got signed because this is all he's good for. Uh, I don't know how this move is gonna break any thumbs. <laughs> but, uh, well, if you're giving him the thumbs up and he lands on him, I'm sure they're going to break. Hey, hey, I was waiting the whole time for the landing to see if he was going to land it. Because yeah. it was like, he botches everything else. You know, I was really hoping he wasn't going to make it, but I, I'll give him credit. He nailed the move. Champs retain. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Champs retain. I, this, is, this is so entertaining. I cannot recommend this enough. This is such an entertaining match because of the fact that for once, they nail all the shit around a match. Like most of the time, like they just cannot do bits. WCW is immune to getting bits right that are like, oh, you have the guest commentator, you know, oh, oh, you got the you got the manager, heel manager on the outside or whatever. This this I think this match lives and dies on Disco Inferno. And it's cool. He doesn't get involved. Absolutely, he, he never Not gets involved. So Other than good. that, I think this match is god awful. What? But Disco Inferno. I, I've always liked. Him. I'm respecting him so much more. Yeah. He is each pay per view. He is finding a new way. Finally, 
Finally, someone comes around to see. I've been a fan. Well, I've of always liked this. But Halloween Havoc. That match is garbage. Yeah, that, that was not very. Like, but since then, ever since like really mayhem, mm-hmm. he's been stepping it up mm-hmm. in different ways that are better than just him going out and doing disco fucking mm-hmm. dancing. No, because yeah, he's very. Funny. Also, Tony Marinara, MIA. Like I wrote that too. Straight, Where is he? Well, he ran an errand and did no, like Richie Cunningham's brother in the first season of Happy Days. Went upstairs? Took his basketball upstairs and apparently died in the war. We've seen all the television shows. Not sure if he's out at this point. He may, but it's, he's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. And now that like, the, Marvel, the people are behind them, they are face, like it, it's there. And the fact that like Disco went from being, I love the journey even up, like they're my, they're, they're my enemy. They're going to kill me. Now I'm kind of reluctantly right. uh, indentured to them. Now I'm their friend and... I'm concerned for their well-being. Like, this is great. Yeah. So, in the back, Mayhem Jeff Jarrett has a plan for this private dressing room. He is... What I love is that normally, if something deters Jeff Jarrett, he is quick to strike back... They tell him, man, we can't get in the door. The guy doesn't have the right key. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. Jeff Jarrett is so cool here. He's just like, hey, man. Hey, Fucking man. A. Don't worry about it, man. The concussion, the concussion <laughs> I had. It's like your opinion, man. Mm. Yeah. The concussion I got from Chris Benoit hitting my stomach has given me a sense of clarity. There's no reason to overreact. overreact. So now we get uh, the sitter oh. view, mm. which... I had forgotten how good it was, and it's because of how it ends. But yeah, um, yeah. Go he, ahead, Sid. You know, Sid really has two types of promos. Yep. He is either just screaming, or he does the Jake Roberts very low. Jake, that's the Sid I like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the truth. And, and the camera person. slowly zooms it, in on him. And the good thing is, like, you know, we we've seen the infamous Jr. botch where he's like, "Let me do it again, man." <laughs> hey, hey, we're live, fella. He. He gets through this entire point about how, you know, he is obviously like he is in this triple threat match. He has had the odds stacked against him by this, whatever's left of this NWO at this point. How does he end it, though? You were saying like the ending? Oh, the ending. He ends it with, doesn't he end it with, I'm the master and the ruler of the yes, world? Yes. Well, well he, it's awesome. I'm the master and the ruler of the world. And then we hear this clown music. <laughs> he's like, he turns around and it's like, is that doink? Yeah, no, it's WWE Network music for Ernest Miller. Yeah, but the way it comes in after he delivers that awesome <laughs> promo is so funny. It's like it really it's Sid going, send in the clouds. Yes, yeah, <laughs> just here they come and giant five hundred pound clouds. Yeah, and, and then he walks away mm-hmm. as the music's playing. Like, oh, he's such a badass. <laughs> I'm going back in my dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> play with my softballs. Now, how much do we want to talk? All right. About? So this next bit is the, this clearly is the, goes way, on way too long in this in this pay per view. I do want to point out the fan that, that flips off Ernest Miller. <laughs> like he like stands up. He's on the hard camera. Just like does this, <laughs> and it's right on camera. And Ernest Miller just. You, know, you can't please everybody. <laughs> Everyone's inner monologue is Kevin Costner. <laughs> it's a cool Kevin Costner. <laughs> now, is this the Kevin Costner from Man of Steel? Or it's, oh, no? God. I hope not. <laughs> Del Clark, you'll ruin yourself. The, all right, so finally we get the reveal. Is James it's, Brown going to show up here? Okay, so it's what's James so Brown weird, celebrity hot tub party. What's yeah. so weird is first we have to send out a phony one. Yeah. Why? I well, don't understand why oh, we dude, need to do Oh, that. I had that written somewhere. Um, oh, yeah. He looks like the king of cartoons from Pee-wee's Playhouse. He does. He does. Like, that's yes, who I thought does. it was. Oh, man. Was a, <laughs> what, a now, get, what a get. <laughs> and next week, Cherry. A cartoon. <laughs> 
Yeah. So James Brown comes out, and we uh, once again we Adam have, Rose, bro. We, we have, I was gonna say Yuppie oh, Rosebuds, yeah. two thousand oh, yeah. are here. But we have to deal with WWE Network music, so we're hearing this James Brown esque music, and uh-huh. and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And Tony Schiavone just, oh, you know whose music that is? I can only imagine what they're playing. Probably Get On Up or something. Right. Yeah. But WWE, it was like, what what music is that? And then here comes James Brown. Holy shit. And how much did this cost them? So let's talk about this. All right. So James Brown in this bit, like as we talked about, not really advertised that this was a thing. Like in general, it was joked about that Ernest Miller never really knew who James Brown was, mm-hmm. really wasn't friends with James Brown. Bullshit. Yeah. But on this show, as we saw earlier with the maestros, we saw with Ernest Miller backstage, like the whole crux of this is will he show up or not? Now – if you would advertise this, more people might have turned out, turned or tuned in. Yeah, a lot of wrestling fans this. love James Brown. Man, I can't tell you. Hey, it would have been better in point oh, one five. No, no, I, <laughs> no, I mean that, that was my idea. Right. Just, but, why wouldn't you talk about it? So, WCW and uh, you know, as we had, there had been some talk on Twitter about this. Like, I think there was this fear that. James Brown would not show up. Like he was very Maybe. flaky on it. I mean, if you ever hear the stories about him in real life, I mean, just he was kind of off the wall. Right. Oh, he right. was great. Oh, South the- Carolina Department of Corrections. Yeah. <laughs> Mother got to meet him. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, she works with. Him. Well, not anymore. Well, well, true. <laughs> Anyone else seeing his wife? <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, Frank. But um, all right. So they had paid. They ended up paying twenty five thousand. They paid $25,000 for James Brown to show up. And the problem is, of course, with you not advertising it until the show, nobody knows to tune in for it. And, of course, they showed it the night after, but we all know like that doesn't mean like you're like more people are going to sign up to buy the pay-per-view on Tuesday or whatever. That's just right. not going to happen. So, Oh, yeah, when they used to do the replay. Right. Yeah. Right. Back right. in the day. And because you would only get the steel camera shots of the night before. <laughs> all right. I've got it here. Ah, okay. So the, uh, back in the day, the, uh, wrestling pay per views used to cost like thirty dollars. So uh, they would have. This is like eight hundred and thirty three buys of of pay per view. Uh, of you know to get him the money back. Right. You know, never mind what you're paying the wrestlers. Right. You know, so th- this is a waste. You do have like you do have the maestro come out prior to this, of course, and he you know they. they they're, everyone's about to everyone's about to come down on Ernest Miller because James Brown hasn't shown up. But when he does, of course, the Meister has this seizure. Yeah, it's he, hilarious. He, he dies. He, I, I, <laughs> I mean, like, because it's dies. not just like a fate. Like he is. Because now we have this hilarious image in our minds that the Meister is going to have to listen to urban music. Oh my yeah, God! Apparently, that, that's that's rap is crap. Is oh, back. Yeah. Does, so. does urban mean black now? Well, you know what I mean. Like well, that, but, that's, but that's something I've always wondered. I, you know, like that's the way it gets yeah. tossed around in this era of the, and that's the just supposed to be kind of the joke. Now we're going to see is that oh the the classical music guy's going to have to bow down and listen to Little Richard and James Brown and all Once this again, stuff. Once again, wrestling is behind on the times here a little so bit. So bad. Yeah. But any, anyway. but here's the thing to say about this: the crowd is hot for. They this. should be. I would be so excited if if someone like James Brown. Just crowd could not be show. bigger, especially now. I'd be terrified. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> the zombie apocalypse is upon us. In the back, Scott Hall. He's with Mean Gene outside his dressing room. What a prick promo! Ooh, it's a little chippy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't. We were talking about this before we hit the record button. You know, they're like, "Well, what are you going to do with the world title if you win it?" And and it's I like. Won't. My first thought was well, he's gonna throw it in the trash, <laughs> yeah, like he did the TV title. But no, he does just <laughs> duh, duh, it's right, suck it. right down here, right, right down. Oh, fuck you! So I, I, I there, hate that. There is some. There's 
uh, some very uh, choice. When I say choice words, like they 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 are poignant in that you know they reference other things. Being in timeout, as he There's talks that. about, and plus the voice that he's using. I've never heard Scott Hall talk with such a normal sounding voice, yeah. even in his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, like he sounds like he's just a straight. He sounds American like big accent. Scott Hall yeah. from AWA. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh. You know, Pre-Razor Ramon kind of stuff. Pre-Vinny Bates. Let's go ahead. We'll go ahead and talk. About why? What is the problem with Scott Hall in this promo? Well, by this point, you know, Scott Hall, not only did he return, but also his problems returned as well. Oh. And the thing was, the week prior to this was WCW's European tour, specifically Germany. Scott Hall was a belligerent asshole on the way to Germany. Just so one of those infamous wrestler plane stories. <laughs> you know, oh, well. Getting a bunch of wrestlers on a plane is like, let's go fight Vince. Let's go fight Vince. There's always a let's go fight Vince. Let's unionize right now. No, no, guys. That gimmick did not work. No, no, for real. No, what? what this he, he, was so, twist. he was such a dick in Germany and uh, such a dick on the way there in his just like commitment to non sobriety. That the airline, the guys running the airline, were eventually like, we can't stand this fucking guy. We don't want him on the plane. Scott Hall didn't make it home when everyone else did from Germany. That's why he's not on the Thunder. That's why he's not even on the Nitro. At the end of the show, because it's important to bring up, I'm going to read from Brian Alvarez and uh, and the Death of WCW book because there's some more to it. But basically, Scott Hall got suspended and... uh, because of, I really led up to the fact that this would probably, and you know, spoiler alert, is the last match that Scott Hall has with WCW. Scott Hall just like comes like that's why he comes across as very chippy because he's pissed off that you know because oh I, you say I don't play well with others I can just fucking go that's how it used to be I'm old school so to speak you, you are you're not not exactly you old school at this anymore. point right mm-hmm. right, right. Just, the funny thing is he looks do you. How how would you gauge the sobriety meter at this point in the show for Scott Hall? Is that I don't know because it's a very he looks very straight in this. No, right. no he's he's it's when he comes out of the room next is when it doesn't look as well. He likes he's <laughs> like it's almost like he's like well I better stay sober until I do my promo so I don't say anything to really just fuck myself over right anymore. But oh door shut party time floozies from earlier. Is that so, major guns? I don't know. That, <laughs> I think I think I saw major. That guns. one chick was a. Ugh, her face was horrible. It's time for the video package for who? It's Flair versus Funk, the Ooh. death match that's 20 years in the making. I gotta clarify one thing with one man, Mr. Terry Funk. For some reason, you have alluded to the fact that the name Woo! might be your partner, might be your friend. You're off! Commissioner Jeff Jarrett has signed you, David, in an I Quit match against Terry Funk. I'm going to fight one of my father's battles for him tonight. David, I'm going to give you one chance to say I quit. I'll go to hell before I'm quitting. The fact is, Terry Funk didn't have to go out and make an example out of a 20-year-old mixed-up kid. You should have been that kid. 
catch father and went down and stopped this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bow out. I've been his best friend for 15 years. Tell our that he did over his head. You better come and get your kid, Flair, while he's still damn well alive. I'll quit tonight, but I damn sure ain't quitting when I get you out here in the same kind of match. Ric Flair and Terry Funk are going to take this 10-year-plus rivalry they've had and beat each other half to death. It's not a conventional wrestling match. It's a death match. And Terry Funk in San Francisco, I'm going to kick your cowboy And I like that the pro the video package shows that. Sure, you like the continuity. I, yeah. I love that the Arn Anderson won't let go of a David Flair storyline. Like he's he, like he comes off to me as a better father right. than Rick let's, Flair does. Well, that's part of why they're, they're you, the show Flair heel Flair. Let's talk about Arn because Arn cuts a great promos between Sold Out and here. One of them is the night after, or it may not be the night after, but it's at least within the week of the Benoit leaving the title vacant thing. Mm-hmm. They send out Arn Anderson. He cuts the promo talking about, like, and it's so beautiful. He talks about how he respects referees more because he was like, I got caught up in that match, and I didn't see that Sid's leg was underneath that rope. It's an amazing promo that puts over referees unlike anybody else. Sure. And it's not it's in some... It's a big responsibility to be a wrestling referee. Yeah, I, he, it's not any facetious or sarcastic or, or chippy way. Like, he legit puts them over. The promo you're talking about with the David Flair thing, mm-hmm. because when Flair came back again, like they needed to find ways to make him come off as a heel. How about have his son and I quit match with Terry Funk, a match he does not belong in, no. and gets his absolute shit pushed in, and the fact that fucking <laughs> oh, disgusting. <laughs> that, is, that is a disgusting, <laughs> <Do it again. laughs> It's the fact that he cuts like that is a match that your son should not be in. That's a match that you should be in because that has to do with Terry Funk. Basically, I'm paraphrasing it, but mm-hmm. still. It fucking works. Like it's it's really incredible that Arn Anderson's cutting great '80s promos in the year 2000. That being said, okay. um, <laughs> we talk about it, we get the next we get next uh, Nature Boy with Mean Gene again. You're Woo! the Wu Train. Woo! Yep. Woo! Yep. Yep. You know it is what it is. As this thing is, as we get the music to introduce these guys, God damn, do the commentators love to talk about death matches? Yeah. Jesus Christ! It's like they're their favorite matches, and they've never got they to go, share one. With no, exactly, they go over the rules. They talk about a four-hour death match. The four-hour death match. Oh, oh what God. the? Fuck? So where everyone died of boredom? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that, yeah. I love wrestling. I don't think yeah, I can watch yeah. two people fight. Now, wouldn't that be interesting if the if the fans died during a death match? <laughs> because yeah, no wrestler ever dies. And oh, by the way, thank you for ordering uh, WCW Super Brawl. Here's your free collector's bear. Yeah. <laughs> I did have this written down. I, I'm going to I'm going to make us a Super Bowl bear. I have some friends that can oh, yeah? print her. I'm oh. going to print a tiny T-shirt. Going to go to Build a Bear. Oh, Build a Bear, absolutely. Yeah. But I love what an incentive to buy a pay per view. Yeah. Here's a fucking regular bear with a WCW logo. On. I, I, I mean, like if you pulled the head off and Tank Abbott's knife was inside, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'd be a little more intrigued. Wow. I don't, <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, boy, this went blue fast. Swagger. Hey, man, we got to order this pay per view. Wait. Taker, we need, it's, you know, it's on the network now. We put, Shit, man, I want that fucking bear. Man, first, I'll give it to Michelle. I got some kids. Sarah. <laughs> first, first, I got to print out the receipt and fax it in. Oh, God. That's but funny. I went online when, when you know, because you're, you're. I posted it, yeah. You, I went online and looked, went to eBay to see if, okay, there are no Super Bowl bears on eBay. However, there are like eight. 
hundred different WCW teddy bears. Really? Yes. You'd I don't be surprised. Teddy bear yes. Well, I mean, there's the Sting. Like there were so many that Conan. Had a We may need to use this as an incentive for future participation spots on the show. Yeah. You participate, we'll send you a fucking bear. Woo! I don't know, man. Those <laughs> bears <are> fucking expensive. <laughs> bro. I have to go to Gatlinburg and go with the knockoff. <laughs> but it wasn't the cool right. Conan with the so, flannel. Um, as we talk about, like the cool thing about Flair and Funk is they have tons of backstory themselves. And I love the one bit in the promo where Ric Flair says, I'm Mr. 14 times, you're Mr. One Time. Ooh, as a champ. Damn. But remember that. Remember, Very good. I, mm-hmm. Remember that thing we used to talk about. Oh, I'm the 14 time world champion. That means. Guess what, man? It means you lost it. You lost it. 14 <laughs> times. But Funk only lost it once. But that's it. I mean, look, he never got it again. But he never got I'm, it. I'm right. sorry. Right. Terry Funk's one of those guys, man. He's good enough not to have a title. True. Yeah. Jake the Snake Roberts never won a, a world title. Sure. Or, or any title in WWF. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't need it. Flair comes out. He is overwhelmingly still cheered as a face in San Francisco. God damn. Who thought this was major Flair it's country? Like, it's, it's the whole country is Flair country. It's, what's, it's just it, the freaking yeah. suburb of Charlotte. They've tried so much to push him as a heel, but it's just it doesn't hold up in, in the actual arena itself. What's funny is Funk gets bo- Funk has been getting heat ever since he came on the podcast. Why is that? He's yeah. just sitting over here. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> what has become of hardcore hey. podcasting? I mean, he he got booed and sold out yeah. against Nash. He gets booed here for the most part. Uh, Talk about the rules of this match real quick. All right, Let's so do it. it's it's a lot like it reminds me of this is a, it's lot, a TNA last man standing match. Exactly. So it, what does the that rules mean? That they use uh, basically um, you need to get a pinfall or a submission over right. the other guy, and then a ten count begins, which that gets weird a little mm-hmm. bit later. What I don't understand about this in kayfabe form is uh, why wouldn't you just let yourself get pinned every single time? Why wouldn't you let yourself... Like, if you're in the figure four, like, arguably the most painful move in professional wrestling, tap out immediately. Yeah. Get out of that move. It it it, mm-hmm. it would be neat to be able to see that that type of strategy. Why not? Uh, it doesn't make sense. Like Because the commentators, they describe the they, fact that there used to be like... Uh, a thirty-second wait period in between. Yeah, they're like, so be like they're another like auxiliary rules that existed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, okay. The thing though that that the way you can storyline your way out of this match is the fact that these guys are pride. There's all kinds of pride on. Like, I, you could see where they want to just prove who's match, tougher. Too. Let's talk about some of these bumps that these Ooh. guys fucking take. Ric Flair. Huh. How many pile drivers Ooh. threw something on something does he take other than the canvas? I do like... Good one of, After one of them, like, you can audibly hear him. With the, fuck! Yeah, fucking... Yeah. Uh, oh, shit! Yeah, the oh, the oh shit suplex. I have, yeah. That's one of my favorite moves. Oh, he's Ric like, Flair. He's one of those guys when we talk about wrestlers that like taking certain moves. Ric Flair, for a guy who had his back broken in a plane crash back yep. in the 70s, loves taking suplexes. But not on his back. Not on his back. Well, it's the same thing when he gets body slammed off the top rope he always would land at an angle mm-hmm. but it's like why would you risk it and the way he sells it it's like it's like american badass undertaker yeah. you know just oh god damn it talkie taker talkie taker oh, yeah <laughs> yeah it's not true swagger <laughs> i like i like that i can hear the velcro on the uh yeah, outside man. i've never heard that before talking about flair's offense for me Chops the, the chop. Does Jesus, he, he cuts him open. He cuts him open with chops. I've never yeah. seen that before. Because okay. I wouldn't put it past he, Terry Funk to blade his chest. I, I, <laughs> when, he, when he tore his shirt, I was like, "Somebody get him a mayhem shirt! <laughs> Somebody get Terry Funk a mayhem shirt!" Damn oh it! God, he was taking it. Um, so Flair ends up taking a pile driver on the exposed concrete. 
He takes one through a table. Mm. Oh, that one looks so bad. Yes. Because it's one thing to go through the table. It's a whole other thing for the force of getting, you know. It's it's basically like taking a pile driver from the second rope. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of dangerous. So... There's there's not much more to say other than those major spots. I mean, the match itself it doesn't it doesn't trot along. I mean, granted, like um, as when you tell us you've seen a four hour death match, I'm kind of expecting I'm expecting not only length, surprisingly, no real blood. No, yeah. this the, isn't that the, incredible. The, the Kevin especially, Nash funk match is far more brutal. Yeah, especially being thing. these two. Yeah. Oh, I thought this no thing blood. was going to go balls to the wall. Yeah. I was very. Disappointed I thought we were going to get Sid match. from having. It, it I doesn't. Was extremely yeah. disappointed with this. Right. This should have been the best match. And the where we end up going with the finish, what Flair or um, Funk goes to the top rope, Flair knocks him off the top rope through the table, basically. Well, two. Yeah. Not was it? I can't remember. Was it two tables? Two tables. Two tables. So, something like so. that. It's like multiple tables. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we end up getting. Um, I'm not gonna say it's a, a lame spot, but maybe it was the finish. Yeah. Like, it, oh, everything what else is with this? the drama of the match, the finish is kind of. What the fuck is Billy Silverman doing? Uh, Ric Flair um, gets funked down, and I swear to God, it looks like Billy Silverman's counting both wrestlers after uh, you know Funk. I think he tapped out to the uh, figure four, but and Flair's like trying to like Rocky two like get up, and I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Like, is this a rule that I'm not aware of? Right. Uh, just. Because he's, he's looking at Flair, and I, I don't know. Well, they tr- they try to cover on commentary, say it doesn't affect Flair, but Flair sure. doesn't. But Flair himself maybe just lay there, right? It, right. It just this match just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, Flair ends up going over pretty brutal eh, for the most part. Pretty brutal match, I'd say. Um, blood, me, blood from a child. I wrote this just as a quick question because I um, I know I want to hammer through the rest of this. Um, do you think this match needed color? Yes. Yeah. You have tons of color. It's I a agree. grudge match. They're, they're bringing up the past. Yeah. And in those video clips, there is color. Yeah. In those video clips, why can't it be? And, and plus, you get mad, and he makes a call that's pretty interesting. He goes, oh, I've seen, you know, I, I was in the companies that they wrestled in before, and you could always tell they didn't bring it all the way in those matches. And they were holding something back. And that's fair, because remember, years later, Madden would end up coming in on the Flair biography and fixing it, he'd be, he'd get it doctored up so we could get released because it just oh, such yeah. was a tumultuous process. Yeah. Oh man. All right, so we're in the back. Who is in the private room? It is still a mystery. We know it's not James Brown. Nope. We know that's not it. Nope. So, Mean Gene is with. He's back, folks. Dude, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is a this is straight out of old late '80s, early '90s WWF. I'm like, we're about to see a Mean Gene Hulk Hogan. Yep. Like yeah. classic Hulk Hogan promo. I'm like. Oh man, like this got me so excited. Mean Gene, yes. He is with Hulk Hogan, Jimmy Hart, and casts. More casts. A lot of casts. Oh, yes. Lex Luger's Fury. Because, I mean, you can break an arm, but apparently everyone can wrestle with a cast on. Everybody can. That's a hell of a doctor. It doesn't take anybody out. Dr. Raymond gets some shit, but (laughs) goddamn. Motherfucker can get some broken arms healed in a heartbeat. Put a Z pack on it, you'll be fine. (laughs) All right, so this is Hogan's lucky break, as he says. Why? Because this is this could help him go from Hulk to Hollywood. Nope. So that becomes a, this is a thing in this match. Is Hulk Hogan already? It hasn't even been a year of him being back in the red and yellow. Yep. He is talking about going back to Hollywood. So that's a thing here. Michael Botch Buffer oh. is here to make the entrances. Let's bring him on. 
<laughs> he is the man, the Lord and Savior of the Beanie Babies. Like just, <laughs> he just throw, he, whatever comes to his brain. His superlatives are amazing. That he throws out for I, I hate, and, and I want to make a mention. Uh, he he. Um, this will be real quick. He announced the Pacquiao fight last night. Oh, did dude? He? he sounded like he had a sore throat. <sighs> like, like he sounded gone. Mm. Just yeah. get his brother in there. Fuck it. Yeah, Bruce Buffer. Yeah. Oh, he's Ooh. way better. Yeah. All right. Anyway, total packages out first. Total. Total Package has had an interesting strategy over the last couple of months. His strategy is simply let the guy get an advantage. Liz, hit him with the bat. I'll take the chair and break their arm. Can, can we talk about the entrance first? Go this is it. an awesome entrance for huh. Lex Luger. Like with Elizabeth walking by, ripping his shirt off, and it just comes completely off, yeah. and then rips the pants off, and there's, yeah. his, there's his tights. He looks awesome. It's an awesome entrance. The it, music clicks. I I think we've talked about since Havoc. Like the cool thing was they took this is one case where WCW took a WWF thing and made they improved it better. It. They improved the narcissist. Yeah, is what they did. I mean, I missed the mirror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like just watching her walk by without even looking at him, just, especially oh, now because yeah. remember it's the so last theatrical. few times she's hesitant, Liz. Right. She is full committed. Yes. And she like is. that that walk, like it's not stationary. It's like she, it's just second nature to rip his clothes off. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that funny. It's just oh no, I mean yeah, rip his clothes off, rip his pants off. I'm like it's nothing ironic about that. It looks no, it's very, very cool. cool. Yeah. And then we hear, and this is another thing, uh, WCW ripping off a WWF song, but this is the best one. I love American Made. Yeah. Yeah. Here comes Hogan. Cool to hear it. Crowd, of course. Why not? It's Hulk Hogan in red and it's yellow. Classic Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. And this. This is also interesting. This is two years before his match with The Rock. Right. Yeah. And Hogan looks a lot better here than he did in that match. Like, yeah. in terms of his, his shape and his face. Sure, yeah. sure. But very cool to hear this song. Very Back cool in the to trunks, see. too. Yeah. In the trunks. In like, Yeah. Yeah. Not, oh, it's the, this is my Hulk Hogan. So what's funny is, like, Buffer's getting into his, uh, his intro... Doesn't get to finish his intro. Oh, Does not get to finish his intro because the total package immediately is attacking Hogan, which is fine. I get it. This is a but it you guys stop real quick. You guys know where this comes from? Where this stems from? All right. So Luger was supposed to take his place and failed miserably. Yeah, that's going even further back. <laughs> in this, um, in the weeks prior, Luger had dropped in a promo. He had dropped Hogan's name. And he because he was talking about how much better he was than you know you know he's classic heel kind of promo. Yeah, Hogan and a uh, Hogan himself had come back out. Now, mind you, did not mention a word about why he walked out of Halloween Havoc. Yep. Nothing like it never happened. He comes out and says he's talking about how the young guys can't draw. And he's talking about how the young guys are all pretending that they're stars, like Lex Luger. Yeah, you know old? Um, all right, so uh, it's no spoiler because I put it out on the Facebook and the Twitter. How old was Lex Luger at this point? Forty-one. Forty-one years old. So that puts Hogan at what? Forty-five, forty-six. Oh, if I if I remember right, if this is the year two thousand. Hulk Hogan, and my mom were the same age. Yeah. No coincidence. I don't you know what. It's just the way I remember. I know, this I know stuff like that. Stone yeah. <laughs> Cold was born in like what sixty-three. Yeah. Like, I, I, I I remember this. Wow. So um, Hogan was born in fifty-three. So that makes him uh, he's forty-seven. So yeah, the young guys can't draw. The guy six years younger than me can't. He's not Fuck a real star. Guys. Fuck that punk. Anyway, so that's what leads to this this war of words. The cast, you know, because Luger does the the pillman to his arm as well, like he did to Sting. That's where this comes from. That's why this thing is so heated from the start. So um, to to be honest, there's really not a lot special with this match. Well, there's so, one part where I wanted to ask you about because you know we used to talk about um, Lex Luger's steel plate. Luger goes to hit Hogan. Hogan holds up his arm with the cast, and Luger hits Hogan's cast with his right arm and just, ah, starts selling it. 
Isn't that Lex Luger's steel plate arm? Yeah, the, they it is the right mention elbow. It. Yeah, yeah, they, they never. I mean, right. if they were bringing it up, it would. They've never enough. mentioned his steel plate arm before. Well, I'm trying to remember if they like when he was face Luger. When he was face Luger, he would always like the, the forearm was a thing because remember, like that was the whole pose. You want another? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know it's it is a part of his canon in WCW. Right. But it doesn't get mentioned it in this match. It doesn't get brought up, and it, it just kind of bothered me. It is yeah, weird. Because, I mean, that was one of the cool things about Lex Luger when I first got into wrestling. Like, he's got a steel plate in his arm? Yeah, unless it you're trying to sell that, that the cast is that much stronger. Because, remember, again, one of the little subliminal storylines is, will Hulk be a heel? Which is so dumb, because even as a phase, Hogan was heel plenty of times. Yeah. He was... Oh, that's uh, Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, the lead up to uh, WrestleMania 8. Yeah. When he, he pulled Sid out of the It's the ring. dickest move I've ever seen by yeah. a face. He fucking yep. heals his way through it. But anyway, um, getting right to the to the meat of it here. Um, Hogan hits. Uh, was it? Uh, yeah, we know Liz oh, tries to get matches, involved. Yeah. The match is no DQ. Yeah. But Liz interferes one time and the ref loses his <laughs> shit. Mm. And it's like, what does it matter? It, it's no DQ. Why? Like, continuity here. Well, maybe he just doesn't want anyone to interfere. No, you can't do anything. There's there's nothing to officiate. Big boot, cast forearm to the head, leg drop, pin, Hogan wins. That's See, really all you need. You're talking down on this. This is my second favorite. You really like really? this? I like this. Right, so this tell me match. why. Tell me why you like it. Because there's a story to it. Like there's a there's a clear cut story. I, I, the only thing that's not clear is what the hell they're talking about with this Hogan going red and yellow or going Hollywood. Uh, it's got a big fight feel to it. It's it, it's way better than their Nitro match. It's cool to see Hogan in the red and yellow. Um, it, it's it, what is it like six minutes? It's short, it's very short. It, well, it's short, but it moves very fast. Luger comes off looking very strong up until uh, the end point. But he, but it, once again, it's with a cast. Yeah, and, and but all right. So the drawback with the drawback in a in a Luger Hogan match is. It's it's going to be considerable less work rate sure. than anyone. That's else. why you make Luke, it quick and and and, and you, you add interference, you add no DQ, like you hide the uh, inconsistencies in their match. I, I mean, mean, not that Hogan can't go. No, I mean like the, I mean that's a thing. Like, even, I mean yeah. it's not like he's doing the insecurities that he was doing in New Japan. Wow, but that's but a still completely different Hulk Hogan. But, but but still like the one thing that he can do is he can navigate his way through a match and he can get the crowd up. He can get right. the crowd going. Luger Luger can never really do that. I love that tweet they did when Vern Gagne passed away this week. He Who talked. Luger? Or uh, Hogan. Oh, yeah? What he did talked you say about, about Vern? It was real quick. He said, um, Vern always told me, when you're down, don't get up. Let them... Like, don't start hulking up immediately. You've got to let them believe. You've got to yeah. get... And so when he basically... When hulking up, it's, it's at an odd moment, too. Yeah. In this match. Right, right. right. In this one, yeah, I... I don't have the exact moment. The move is so insignificant. Like, like I thought that was a little anticlimactic because you don't even get to see Lex go for the torture rack, which we no. know he can do to Hulk Hogan. We've yet to really see the torture rack in the podcast. That's true, right? Too. That's true. So what's Lex's move? It's not his forearm. You know, it's that's, Liz. That's basic. It's Liz. Is it one of his shitty punches? <laughs> <laughs> I just hit you in the face. <laughs> hurt my ankle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, it blinds me from seeing pins. Yeah. But no, I, I really like this match. That's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Like this was my favorite match up to this point. So of course, though, when Hogan Hogan goes over, he takes. I, I guess maybe he tries to go kind of Hollywood. He takes the belt like he's got, and he starts whipping. Oh, the old, starts, yeah. yeah. He starts whipping Luger with it, and that's when Flair reemerges to do a little sneak attack to yep. kind of clear up that uh 
try to clear out the ring and whatnot to get some heat back for for Luger, get some heat back, obviously on Flair. But you hey, know. guess who's back and looking really, really trim. By yeah, the way, he like, looks. He good. looks like he looks like a fucking child. Like, yeah. when he comes out, it's Stinger, really he's back. Yeah, and good uh, to see him. I love that. This Ric Flair does this so many times. Like when the guy is does when the guy has his back to him, he just puts his arms over his head and walks towards him, so the other guy will turn around and hit oh. him in the gut. See, that's another thing we didn't talk about in the Funk match. I hate these. I hate some of Flair's spots. No. Oh, like. Yeah. In do you remember in World Tour? Yep. It was his special move. <laughs> yeah. This was a move, and then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because it was the the, the, the the begging, the poke to the eye, and then you you take the. I think Roddy head. Piper had one of those. Too. Oh no, yeah. Piper's was that weird little thing where you stand just, up. Dirt, 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 Yeah, I never understood. Yeah, that. Idiot. never understood. That, <laughs> but nevertheless, um, what's so funny is obviously Sting and Hogan clear out. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I know this is a match that we're going to see very soon. We're going to see these guys tagging up against each other, which mm-hmm. is just incredible when you look at the mm-hmm. the lineage. Well, not lineage, but you know what I mean, like the star power. Yeah. yeah. But um, you guys notice when Sting goes up to Hogan and they kind of have some things. I just want to go. Yeah, you fucking piece of shit. Remember what you did to me at Halloween Havoc, you motherfucker? Like that's that's all I kept thinking the whole time. Storylines don't continue. No. Yeah. NWO comes out to help Sting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that was me. That's fourteen years ago. Yeah. The who side? They did not yeah. get over it. So, right. And I, from what you said, like I, I agree with you because like I, I have to go back to how I think about Hogan matches as a kid. Like you know, obviously even it's the small. only reason I was into wrestling right. was because Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Ridiculous. I'm happy I they mean, brought the cartoon back. I'm not saying like Oh, on the network? Yes. Oh, isn't that cool? I mean, it's horrible. Oh, I know. But, but no, I'm it happy needs to, to be see this because that's 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 the Hogan I remember. Yeah. But no, this was a match um I wanted to see as a kid, not so much Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger, but Hulk Hogan in red and yellow versus <laughs> Lex Luger. I'm gonna, right, I'm gonna take it back. Alright, so if if Sting went up to Hogan and goes, I got a message from Bretons to go fuck yourself, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Would Sting say it in the Brett? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's a little tape recorder. I mean, oh, oh, you know what? I forgot about you, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't never forget forgets. anything. I don't forget. I don't forget a fucking thing. Hitman never forgets. <laughs> so here's the interesting thing. This is when I started noticing something. At this point, I took a look at the time. The time? Hey, I wrote that too. Same thing down. Yeah. Time. We were 12 minutes, right? Two hours. All right, so two hours and 34 minutes out of two hours and 49 minutes. So right now, and this is, I kind of did this right as, this is when Sting and Hogan are posing together. Yeah, I did it after the video package. 15 minutes. Yeah. So We're talking entrances. We're talking a possible promo or two beforehand. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, they don't have much time. No. Scott, my my expectations immediately go down. Scott Hall exits, looking less sober, babbles to security about something, I don't know. Hey, yo. Sid exits, Jared exits from his little trip. Like, I love the little room that he's got in the back. Like, his the- is elevated. Yeah. I love it. Tells one of the women, you meet him. You, you meet me in the back when I come back with a belt. Mm-hmm. You got it? Mayhem, Jared. <coughs> Slap him. my promo I did two years ago. You should be barefoot and pregnant by now. Uh, Jared, Harris Brothers, they're all out. Go ahead. Michael Buffer, uh, he's the funniest thing that he's possibly said on this whole podcast because he kind of takes a moment and he goes and now ladies and gentlemen the final main event of the evening <laughs> there's been there's been three main events the special main event yeah, the special main event the co-main event uh, and then now this you just want to talk real quick the video package that goes oh, on here we get um, to see Scott Steiner we yeah. get to see Scott Steiner so 
Here's the other thing about the video package. We see that where the world title has gone since Chris Benoit, you know, took won it and dropped it mm-hmm. of his own volition before he even went on Nitro. The title's been in some weird flux. Sid wins it, he doesn't win it, he has to win it again. Like Sid has to, Sid basically becomes like a two-time like WCW world champion in the span of like three weeks. Yeah. It's incredible. Nevertheless, he has somehow battled through it. You bring out Almanac, what's it say? Sid Vicious defeats Kevin Nash. Yep. That was- Sid Vicious defeats Kevin Nash is the very next one. Yep. There's an explanation for it, but I don't want to flip to it. Has to do with the Harris brothers. He didn't he pinned the right Harris brother. It's so weird. It's so dumb. That's just yeah, yeah. So that's basically what happened. Sid won the title twice uh, without anyone having it. And God bless him. They're going to give him the third entrance, rightfully so. Since no, that's the world awesome. Champion. There you go. So, and it's Sid's music. I don't remember if this awesome. is WCW music, but it, that dum dum. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Perfect. Yeah, it fits him so well. We get Jeff Jarrett out. Uh, is it Jeff Jarrett first? Yes. Yes, with it the is. Fake Jeff Jarrett music. Right. Uh, which not used to Rock. be Kid Rock. It was uh, Cowboy. Cowboy. Yep. Which was That's which right. fit him to a T. Um. All right. So this is where I say when Michael Buffer says there are millions watching around the world, that is clearly incorrect. There are roughly forty thousand watching this on. But yeah, I did the math earlier. Yet. It's sixty thousand. One percent of them were used to pay James Brown. <laughs> Michael Buffer, I love it when he kind of gives guys nicknames, sort of. He's like, this is the man who has the stroke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and that hurt. I, I got mad. That's my gimmick. That's so great. Well, it's like Chris Benoit's the master of the crippler. The master of the crippler. <laughs> it's, just shut the fuck up. God, you're not worth the money. <laughs> if he had only said, keep the scissors away from this man, oh. it is Sid Vicious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm really interested to see if Sid will break his pay-per-view losing streak. Oh. Point that out. He has not won on this pay-per-view, or on this podcast yet. Yeah. Scott Hall gets second entrance. And I'm, I'm going to say, he might get the, it's close, he might get the pops of the night from the crowd. Paul and Nash equal pay-per-view buy rates, man. But it's people are not as pop. maybe maybe not as much as Hogan, but you know what I mean. Like he gets really big crowd pops mm-hmm. for a guy who's. I was tired of their shit at this point. Uh, in in real time. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It was just like they, we they talk, were old news. And, and we talked about like the NWO, the band being back together was clearly not. Everyone was on a different page. It's really weird. Like, but nevertheless, him and Jared have been at odds, and Sid involved in the whole mix. But what's hilarious is. We get an entrance for Scott Hall being one. I love that they do acknowledge he's one of the founding members of the original they did NWO. Say that. That's cool. cool. As soon as he gets in the ring, though, they mayhem Jeff Jarrett lives up to his name. Let's go at it. Yep. The so bell rings. The bell rings. We don't even have the champ in the ring. That's nope. like if there's a one-on-one match and they ring the bell when the first guy's in the ring. Like that, that makes just as much sense. It's a county. went by Canada. This yeah. is what was so funny. Yeah. They, not only did they play Sid's music, they give him his pyro. Buffer's like. I'm getting oh, right. Oh, this is the second time he's done this. He yeah. did this with uh, Hogan, too. Yeah. And uh, from blah, 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 weighing 327 pounds, Sid Vicious! <laughs> Holy with shit. With shitty seat at but right here's, side. But, so when Sid gets in, obviously shit still picks up well, and Sid keeps going. Sid still takes his time getting to the ring. Still, pound my fist. Yeah. Pound my fist. I'm over. I'm over. <laughs> I'm, I'm so over. And I'm not that good. <laughs> but it's about fucking But time. you know what's funny? It's like To finish off the point on Buffer, there is no let's get ready to rumble. Never. Yeah. Not on this show once. Bring it on, Kirsten Dunst. These guys (laughs) are going to go at it eventually. Let's talk about time. By the time Sid hits the ring. Eight minutes? Eight minutes. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
eight minutes are they, left for this. They don't have a lot of time to do shit. And I think this is all because of the James Brown thing. I think the James Brown thing no screwed else. up time. Yep. However, this is fun. It works. This works. Eight By minutes some works. Miracle. It does. This and gone. My subtext for this match: Jeff Jarrett is against any referee in sight. Yes, that's true. Jeff Jarrett is. <laughs> before we before we get to that, I want to point out. I always love the way WCW World Title looks on certain wrestlers. I think Ric Flair it looks the best on. Yeah, it looks so good on Sid because that it's a jacket. And yeah. the way the belt looks and his tan, it fits him perfectly. It's a tall guy with a, with big, a big belt. Yeah. The bingo yeah. belt he, looks fantastic. He looks like a, a Greek sculpture, actually. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, his war on referees. He takes out, I think it's four referees. Four. With the stroke. Yeah, he just it killed It reminds it. me of Stone Cold's Sunny Night Heat Rampage. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, look out, Tim White. I ain't going to be this damn thing. Yeah. Shit. You remember why Austin was going crazy? Because he he knew who the higher power was, oh. but he was saving it till Monday. <laughs> I'm so pissed off. I'm gonna take it on with the ref anyway. All right, so the big um, the big moment is when Slick Johnson finally gets out there because he's the new crooked in, referee. Yeah, Slick we Johnson. finally get our NWO ref to come out there. Well, the ref bump. You could see this shit coming a mile away. Yeah, because the referee usually stands like off in a corner. Right. No, no, I think it's Billy Silverman. He's like standing in the middle of the ring the entire like minute before, and I'm mm-hmm. like. Any minute now, and just take it. He's invading their personal space. It's a horrible bump, too. I gifted, I, and I put it out there. I love when Sid finally takes out the Harris brothers with the chair, and he has that look at the camera, like, "God damn it, I'm so fucking cool." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is. It so is. So Slick Johnson hits the ring. Um, what's awesome is Scott Hall nailed an, a, a great looking outsider's head. Yes, and, the, and this was this was during the time period where he was not doing it well. No, no. like it was looking real sloppy. He nails it, and the crowd goes nuts when he covers him. And reluctantly, I like the way Slick pulls off. He's like, I'm gonna, God, run. oh the old, oh, but no, I I've can't. Sep- I rigged my shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> but what's great is the crowd is so into it. They are so much heat. You would almost think like. They really wanted him to win this I, Yeah, yeah, because he never he never won the title. I wanted him to, and yeah. it, knowing right. what's going on, like part of me is going, please right. let the yeah. world change. Even though I can't stand him. Uh, well, 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 hold on. There, there's a great re- uh, point of reference from the commentators that uh, both of the challengers in this match have never won the world title. Yeah, I love when stuff like that happens, where it's like, could we? Guess see what? A- That's why Mark Madden, for all his faults, finds does like he point. Did he point that? I, out? I'm I'm going to say he does. I'm not for okay. sure, but the thing is, he found those little moments every now and then, beyond all his just boisterous bullshit. Mm-hmm. Found these nice little things that were very Jim Ross esque. Sure. All right. So, who can bring order to this? Could it be the man behind the private? But this is what's so sad. It's like it's very. Uh, we should say before this match started, we finally see the room. We, the private dressing room That's is right. open. We the, see that there was somebody. There was somebody in here at some point, but they have shit exited. Bucket, and there's, like, there's no windows. Or there's anything. like four chairs in there. Yeah, like, yeah. Did he need and all a that? bag. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, it just it just made me think of Starcade. I like how Shivani like puts two and two together that the man behind the private dressing room is. It's Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Wearing Shane Douglas' cast. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the fuck happened? Did Luger get him too? Oh, no. That's all that black one. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Dude, I I completely disregarded it. I didn't even think of it. That was the air cast, though. That wasn't the Luger smash it up. That was a legitimate. That was the Eddie Guerrero break your arm your debut night 
So he comes yes. out, and I'm thinking Starcade. Yep, you know, I'm exactly. Like, I'm like, you ruined that, you know. And is he going to just care just as much for this one? And now there's a bad spot here with Slick Johnson um, counting for Jeff Jarrett, and he's counting so slow. And I think I don't think it's his fault. I think it's Piper's fault. Piper's late. He's Papa Shangoing. Like yes, yeah, he Shangoes. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm late. But yeah, um, Piper gets in there. He does some business. <laughs> I love it. Does some... It's exactly right. Yeah. Piper scuffles with Jarrett briefly. Sid gets a choke slam on Jarrett and then a hellacious powerbomb on Scott Hall, who also, pre to this, had just oh, taken the guitar shot. He oh. took the guitar as well. Hall yeah. takes big takes bumps. All those bumps. Well, oh, Mark Madden, when Piper comes out, I thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is 15 years ago. <laughs> Sid picks up the win after the uh, after the. Um, I'm so happy he won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so and, happy. And they they were smart. They have, I, if I'm right, they have him go over on Hall because he takes the power bomb, right? Right. Because because I remember that because I was like, oh, this is smart. the last time we see Scott Hall, and he goes out on his back. It, and it, and it's smart because it keeps still Jarrett. Clearly, is a guy in the hunt for the title because he didn't lose. Yeah, the it match. makes Jarrett look good. Yeah, it's, it's the Brock Lesnar yep. WrestleMania. Um, it, it, this may have seemed more like a Nitro main event, but goddamn, does it still end a pay per view pretty damn well? I agree. It's only eight minutes, especially because in eight minutes, there's never been a better triple threat match. And by the way, I want to point that out too. Uh, they say it's a three way dance, and traditional three way dances you get pinned, it's elimination. You're out. Yeah, right. yeah. So I was I wasn't clear on that, and I was like, oh god. Clearly, they were just the, throwing the, the term rules. Yeah, three way typical dance. WCW fashion. Nobody knew the rules. They should have just called it like free the hard way. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it back. But uh, Cervani, another one of those foreshadowing calls that kind of breaks your heart. The man who's going to send WCW to the next millennium, Sid. And it's, that's not even like a year and change. All right, that's so yeah, I've got some. I've got some stuff I want to pull from the W, the death of WCW here. You want to talk about match of the night? That's what I want to talk about. Well, I'm pulling this up. I want to talk about it. Like, so let's overall, like, um, yeah, match of the night first. What somehow it's it's the triple threat match. That's my favorite match. Yeah, it's very well structured with even with interference. Uh, Honorable mention: Hulk Hogan, Luger, uh, Kidman, um, Vampiro, Vampiro. Other than that, I think this thing absolutely sucks. But that's me. Yeah, stretcher match. Sorry, it's the most entertaining thing. And it's okay. And no, it doesn't I, have to, to me, it doesn't have to be a good match. I just need if it you're to entertain. Like, to entertain. Like, because you can see good matches. You can find good matches in a lot of places. But to actually be entertained as much as I was from that. I think it's because I hate um, Big Vito so much. Mm. I can't, I find him he go, I, very mm-hmm. hard and, and like, to you know, watch. We, you know, I talk about book, we talk about how Booker, you know, gives into the storyline and goes with it. He, like, it, but he's not obnoxious. Like, Vito oh, gives in. so obnoxious. Really obnoxious. I, he doesn't come off to me as even a wrestler. He just, he, he's just kind of a, <laughs> a, like, just a goof ass. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, all right, I, I was big on the stretcher match. I really was. I, I think now in kind of reassessing this, I, I'm going to say, I am going to like, the, Triple threat match somehow delivered, and and here's and here's why Sid's I give it to him. Sid's got two best matches in a row. And he, the reason I say it is because this was the first thing we talked about. At the end of sold out, like oh god, that's the main event. Yeah, and so my expectations were so low. On top of that, you add the eight minutes, mm-hmm. and holy shit, it's not bad. I am going to give honorable mention to the stretcher match because I think Disco Inferno proved that. Uh, just. 
again, that there's there was a lot more to this guy than just you know kind of a, a goofy character that mm-hmm. he put on top of him. That being said, all right, you know what's funny? I, I put it on the site. Obviously, I know the putting on the putting these pay-per-views on a one to five scale, we really can't do it because I think we can all pretty I much think you guarantee can put the pay-per-view on. I just don't, I, I think it's getting harder and harder to do it with matches mm-hmm. because yeah. like you said, uh, I think that stretcher match fucking blows, but this going Inferno, he made that match. Well, it was everything Joy around it. Is what, yeah. It was, I, it was all the things. It was no, all the elements. What I was leaning more towards is I, I don't think I can, I, I don't think I can say that there's any WWE pay-per-view from this point on. It's going to be a four or maybe a three, four or five. We are going to be hovering. Uh, well, we haven't even three. seen a three yet. <laughs> maybe we should just restrict it on the zero to three scale because at this point, like, I don't know if we're going to get anything above that. Where would you put Super Brawl? We put sold out. I think we said two and two a and quarter. half two out of five. five. Yeah, two and a half. Where I, do you put? I would say this is a solid two out of three. Oh, out of three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, well, oh, I mean, out of three. I, sorry, I, one and a half. Well, no, I guess all right. I, I, I misconstrued. I'm just saying, like, we can still do it on the five scale. I think we can guarantee nothing is ever going to oh, get okay. above three. Never. No. So, I mean. <laughs> uh, on a five scale, it's it's a one and a half. You give it a one and a half? I, I, I think this is one of the worst shows that we've seen yet, which is so sad because Sold Out was so fun. Uh, like, this is up there with, um, I guess, Starcade. I hated Starcade. <laughs> I, I really, I really hated this. I show. like this because, as we were talking about, just with the and the stretcher match, how they got, they started clicking with certain things. They were clicking as awkward as it was. The constant backstage segments, the the mystery room, even though it was a disappointing, but the build the whole night, the the Harris brothers with their arch rival, the fucking door, like everything else, like it it started working. There was a lot working with this, but it's still like that's why I'm giving this. This is a two for me. Right on. I, <clears throat> I think I probably I would probably go about half of you guys. Like I was thinking, about, I was like one and three quarters. I hate doing that. I don't like a, doing that. It's just so stupid. Although, although I will but say yeah, an honorable mention for Leonard Moulton's review in his book, he gives Naked Gun two and a half, The Smell of Fear two and a half stars, and he gives uh, Naked Gun three uh, two and three fourths. It's <laughs> the only movie that has a two and three fourths. I thought that was awesome. But. I I would I I would probably I I do think mine falls between one and a half and two because I just you know. Is, is although there are some great spots, I think if Vampiro and Kidman delivered a little bit more, it probably would notch me up to a full two. I think we said Vampiro is not a very clean, smooth wrestler, but I think that's part of his charm. Like, Maybe to it be is. Completely honest. Well, I don't want. We're him to getting be close like to Randy Orton smooth. Oh, you we're, just wait. We're getting ready to. We're, we're getting into. Uh, we're about to hit. It's it's still Vampiro Sting. Yes, I remember yeah. those. It's coming up soon. I don't. I again, like I don't look too far ahead. Mm-hmm. But I know it's going to be coming up, and that'll be fun. All right, so to kind of cap this off, I wanted to read here just real quick from the death of WCW. This picks up right after you know in the book uh, is talked about you know Hogan coming back and talking about Luger and things of that nature. Picking up here, never was it more evident than at Super Brawl, the pay per view on February twentieth, as Hogan against Lex Luger and Flair against Funk were both featured in main event matches a year earlier. The two of them facing off against each other, we're just talking Flair and Hogan, drew a $550,000 house and a 1.1 buy rate. A year, a year later, they helped draw 177324 at the house and again, the 0.15 buy rate. If there was ever any more proof that running with a pat hand for too long was death, this was it. A we're year. running with a what? A pat hand. 
What is that? I don't I, know what that means. I'm not oh, very clear I myself. Don't know. All right, so let's get into this. This is the Scott Siner part here. Or I'm sorry, the sorry Scott Hall. That's oh, Scott we Hall. I want him so bad. I know. <laughs> Super Bowl main event saw Sid beat Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett in a three an, in a three way to retain the WCW title. In a strange coincidence, Hall took a guitar shot from Jarrett and a powerbomb from Sid and was injured for real. The reason this was so weird was because everyone was sure that as soon as both guys walked through the curtain after the match, Hall was going to be fired. Earlier in the oh, week... Because of the Germany shit. Mm-hmm. On, the, on a flight to Germany for a tour, he had gotten so messed up that he wasn't even allowed to board a plane back to the U.S. They just happened to get the same flight crew going back because they had gone going over, and those guys who had said they had spent another, they would not spend another 16 hours with him. Consequently, he missed the Nitro that aired six days before this main event. On top of that, prior to the Thunder taping the next night, he claimed he was going to hit Terry Taylor with a guitar during an angle, and because Terry took this as a serious threat, Hall was pulled off of the show. Because of this, the program started late, and to kill time, ring announcer David Penzer entertained the crowd with horrible jokes for 40 minutes. Everyone thought this was it for sure, but because Hall claimed a spinal injury and scheduled an MRI for February 22nd, he was not fired. It should be noted that spinal injury or not, Hall thought there was no chance of him ever being fired. He told friends that he was just in timeout, which is what he mentioned in the promo. That's what he meant. And that the company couldn't afford to lose him because he was too valuable a witness in the WWF versus WCW trademark infringement lawsuit. Wow. Crazy. What a dick. Yeah. So Super Brawl Super Brawl two thousand, you know, maybe not the colossal meltdown that nope, maybe we thought would pub. be. But again, maybe not not exactly sold out either. So uh want you guys to keep listening because next we have an episode will be coming out very soon after this. Within a week of this, we're gonna be having a special bonus episode where we're gonna be talking about this crazy roster that's in flux. You know, not only were the radicals departing, but we talked about some other people that left. We got some new people appearing on the podcast. Maybe things are going to get shaken up here in this Kevin Sullivan era, whatever's left of it. <laughs> so, um, any any other final thoughts from you guys before we head out? No, I mean, just like we said, you know, we we've always wanted to try to find the jewels and, and kind of knowing what we're knowing. It's it's bleak. It's pretty bleak. And um, believe it or not, it is going to get, from what, again, is looking ahead, Uncensored 2000 mm. is pretty damn bleak. Because we're going to... I like that Bret Hart is on the cover of the uh, WWE Network picture. Of I him. know. What the hell is he doing <laughs> And don't you love that Booker T's on the front of this one? Like, holding the title. a title. With his back. Yeah. It's like, who is that? Who is that Sting? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, that's... Mr. Like, yeah, Hughes? <laughs> um, he's going to get that push. Anyway, for um, quickly once again, the podcast is at New Blood Pod on the Twitter. I'm at Critical. I'm at, well, I am. Well, my name's Critical Bill on there, but I'm at William Rankin eighty three. Uh, Charlie Stabile at CM underscore Stabs. I am at the Jason Kiesler. And once again, please go back to the PileDriverWrestling.net, you know, to listen to more of the podcasts that are associated with the OSW Review uh, Review Podcast as well. This network is great. It's going to be a lot of fun to be able to hear a lot of the other things that are going on with it, not to mention the great titans that we thankfully get to 
share a seat with, so to speak. So once again, thanks for downloading the show. We really appreciate it. Closing in on over a thousand listens, which is a huge milestone. Thank you to Thank everybody you who has done that for us. Yes. We, we appreciate that. We're we can't believe so many people like us. They did it. so cool. Or hate us enough to <laughs> or, listen to yeah, us. Yeah, hate listening. Oh, boy. Hope but um, stay tuned. We're going to be coming back again very, very soon. A roster in flux. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening.